0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of By The Numbers, uh, a special episode in the sense that it should be 100, but we haven't called it 100, uh, even though it is 100, um, we're calling it 99.5 because uh, we, for the 100th episode we want to do something special, uh, we've talked to Moses, we've talked to Anders, uh, but we weren't able to kind of get it in time for this, Moses is obviously busy with events, uh, so is Anders, Anders as well on his um, birthday, Decided to collapse and go to hospital. Uh, We're wishing him well. Apparently there's nothing wrong with him. He's he's better. Um, But that was just a a shock out of the blue. So we're glad he's okay because we love him dearly. Uh, But anyway, yes uh lots to talk about i'm your host richard lewis is he's still laughing what have i done, I've done a local that, no, already i was hate. just thinking
1: I, I was thinking in my head should i say some mm. fucked up joke like he's out of the hospital now turns out he doesn't even get a day rate while he's in there so, you know, he's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah no
0: he, he, he said <laughs> to the hospital like this isn't a business class bed and uh, exactly. no, i'm just kidding uh obviously all rumors all yes. all rumors much love trying this we actually do like him Yeah, indeed, Uh, we absolutely do, and that's why we can joke about him, see? It's how it works, usually. Uh, So, anyway, except on Duncan's League (laughs) of Legends show that died abruptly (laughs) recently, that was classic banner. I do want to just say, before we do the sponsor shout-out and everything, people don't understand the dynamic that was in play at at, uh, Listen Loco. People were, like, messaging me about it, going, oh, Duncan's had another, like, unfiltered-style meltdown, and I'm like that really isn't what's happened like what's happened is you've watched a man work but pretty much have to be the guy who's like sissy for so it was pushing the boulder up the hill endlessly to get that show to like a hundred episodes or whatever while constantly being like needled by somebody that is the named beneficiary of the show Uh, on his channel Duncan's doing it completely for free And you do ask yourself sometimes like what, why, why am I doing it? So it was just one of those like we all have snaps. I mean, shit, we've had some terse exchanges on this fucking show, like, but never had a walkout. But I thought it was brilliant. It's all, all oh, great. Now it's
1: great drama.
0: Yeah, yeah, great TV. Great TV. That's That's actually how you
1: know it was real, by the way, because if it Mm. actually was at all, even semi fake. I would have just said we should lean into the whole like phase angle like you know then he should have done his vlog on youtube but like, you know here's where i felt yeah. about it and then i would do my response you know and then what happened is you know maybe someone's girlfriend had come in and say one of us was lying and then <laughs> and then at the end of the day after a bunch of absolutely dog shit level drama you go as a fan i didn't really find anything out and they're just fucking counting sacks off like it's too easy <laughs> i always yeah, thought those cod people were geniuses it's just wwe isn't it
0: Oh yeah, totally, totally. WWE but with just, just <laughs> high worst, levels of corruption. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and yeah, less convincing personalities. Like um so anyway, uh shout out to our sponsors for the show. Uh uh, you can go check out .com. they announced as well today that they're going to be doing a partnership with uh with an artist that you might have seen his his first picture was one of me and uh, he's obviously very talented because he managed to make me look less like some esports I believe gobbling. he's
1: actually Smith isn't yeah, he yeah he's he is, yeah wheezy
0: t wheezy t yeah yeah and um, anyways he partnered up with him to make some esports um themed um you know style art um so go and support him it's at wheezy Underscore T, um, go follow him, and of course as well if you are thinking about um, you know betting on some esports events and you want to be absolutely certain that you're going to be doing it in a safe, licensed ethical environment, and you will actually get your winnings, uh, should you be lucky enough to win, uh, make sure you get an account at Beep. .com and sign up there and follow everything they're doing. They've been supporting us. They recently said as well, Sam, that they'll be supporting us until at least 2021. They put Not that out publicly. Me? Nice. That's my yeah. fucking food on the plate for at least another year. Good news. Yeah, you, you get to phone <laughs> well, that's it in. put to me, didn't go <laughs> like.
1: They didn't oh, tell you that as well. Yeah, they well, just we just put it the out. going on for another year. Great, and yes, yeah. that's great. We work. He goes, well, "He's my fucking <laughs> taking care of." <laughs> no, but that, that is
0: literally how Sam operates. Oh. Like on a purely just live, to unbelievable, eat selfish level. Like just—it's <laughs> like, it's like it's, people think. Okay, right. So people think. That uh, we have this like relationship where like you know we, we, we're talking all the time and we're planning stuff. Out. Like literally now, it's got to the stage <laughs> where it's just like we turn up and do the fucking show and uh, see you later, mate. See you, see you, see. <laughs> that's it. Like I never hear from. Yeah, it's not yeah. a choice. To be fair, we have we have. Yeah, we are together. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, we are eight hours apart. And then three months here, um, we're right next to each other, year, mate. Yeah, that out, is basically. true. That is true. Uh, and you will be out here. We'll be able to do like daily content. I'll make the bold <laughs> promise. Sam says he's gonna come out here. Next year, I'm going to do daily content. So there you go. Yeah it's a lie, ah, it comes oh, yeah, we'll you guys will be wrecked. You, you, need, to, the uh, you need to
1: make some sort of a rule, then. I'll tell you right now. Yeah, it needs that? to be a rule. Before 6pm your time, no <laughs> consumption of any substances man, that man, may Nothing's going to get done, mate. Nothing's going to get done. Yeah, but you, what you see, this is the trouble with you, Sam. What you do is, right, you've
0: mind-fucked yourself into thinking the drugs make you active. <laughs> he thinks it's, it's a performance enhancement. Yeah, no, he, he's like, he's like, like it's on the list. doing rails it's before he goes list, on stage. No, I need to do this. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's like, no, that doesn't happen. Like, you just get baked and watch
1: fucking 10 seasons of um, you. No. you know, is one thing. Here's the thing. I'll tell you right now, I do think Sam Kiddison was brilliant. I love a lot of his material. But at the same time, if people just don't understand drugs, like, that wasn't just insane charisma where he was like, ah, ah. That's, this just, that's just cocaine. That's just cocaine before the show. i will be doing I'll, that I'll, at a party, uh, mate. If you fucking give me.
0: Too much. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll say this about Sam Kinison: like great in ten-minute bursts, but yeah. fun. Oh, much like, like, much like hour, cocaine in a lot of yeah. ways. <laughs> yeah. Um, off so uh... I'm imagining. But, like, imagine a two-hour HBO special of that. It would be fucking exhausting, I think, so... Um, Absolutely, you know, yeah. Dead now, of course, so irrelevant. <laughs>
1: <But> anyway... <laughs> Can't do what's for the definition, so... Uh,
0: but, but anyway, um, so shout-out to, uh, shout to all the patrons that brought the show back from the dead. Uh, let's talk about some CS. And, man, did we have, a, a an, again, a great event uh, over in uh, Odense uh, that was marred by a couple of incidents that we'll get to once we've talked about the event in, in full um uh obviously we had the esl pro league season 10 finals really feel this one kind of knocked it out the park in terms of like just again good quality games interesting storylines that were kind of bursting through and of course a great denouement uh with the uh, mouse sports story uh let's um just pick through the bones uh this one um I got to say let's talk a little bit about North. I feel like we don't talk about them a lot on this show anymore as they've sort of slipped into irrelevancy. But uh they went out in last place here at the ESL Pro League Season 10 finals and they've just failed to qualify um for Katowice because they lost to that team um Nemiga. 80K. Oh, right. oh sorry I was.
1: Forget, I was thinking of this tournament yeah yeah <coughs>
0: um which are the um belarusian team yes. i think if i remember yes. right i believe like. that's
1: named after a river in belarus
0: yeah and it's not even um it, you know it wasn't even close uh sure it's a best of one but it was on nuke north historically have been decent on Absolutely, that map yeah. you you you, you would have backed them um and, and i think this will just feed into what we were talking about on last week's episode where you know, I, I I just think the North experiment has absolutely failed, um, and it's only getting worse. And they're really starting to slip into that sad virtus mm-hmm. pro territory where they've stuck around too long without any identity or clear plan. They've now got—I would even go as far as to say—some tier three talent from Denmark on the roster. Um, and when you consider this was at, this was at one point, I want to say one of the most highly paid teams in the world
1: when they became um, North, certainly.
0: Yeah, um, this is like sort of a sad state of affairs to be in, and very hard to see how they can kind of in the saddle <clears throat> of being a top tier organization. Uh, it could be that they might need to completely break this team apart because, you know, Gade, Yugi, these are not names that set the world on fire. I kind of, I've said it for a while, I think Cajun B is done as as a top tier talent um and he should be looking to other opportunities and leveraging his experience in, in another way than just being a, a starting roster player. And then you've got AZ the ever living and, and Kierby. Kirby's really probably the only one that comes out of this with any sort of top tier credentials that could go to another team. But I don't know what form that would take or or which roster would pick him up. So I think I think North are at the absolute rock bottom right now.
1: Oh absolutely. I mean the worst problem they have is this is, not you know, normally with most teams, any team. I'll go off, off the top of my head. Any team ranked in the top ten, I know North isn't, but you know, in the past they have been, which yep. is relevant. Absolutely. Not if that you're a really. if you're a top ten team, usually it's only one player change could literally take you to the top five or even being potentially the best. Because usually, what it takes to make your top ten is you got to have some mouse, you got to have some maps, you good on, you got to have some players that play well, probably even one very good player usually. So the problem is, as you've alluded to there. Mate, this isn't even one player like i'd sweep the fucking deck with this team i told you before as soon as i heard about the optic news i absolutely thought right i've got the move for you north but you're not going to like it you have to go on hands and knees with your fucking cap out and beg msl to start a new squad in this team and you're going to just start from zero he's going to be the man and you're going to build it up because i heard one of the reasons that they let msl go wasn't just that they hadn't had the results, et cetera, because you know, what you don't, as I'd hope everyone's learned from the FaZe scenario, just cause your IGL's not absolutely at his peak form now doesn't mean literally anyone's better than him. That doesn't make any sense at all. We've actually learned that the hard way with teams like FaZe. So I think what happens is, they behind the scenes, I'd basically just heard it was stuff like their coaching stuff. Like I think Ave was the coach at the time. I think he just didn't agree with the way that MSL called maybe he thought it was too rigid. Now I'll say there's another angle that people don't realize about North. I always say this, they've basically, as far as I can tell, invested as much as fucking Astralis has. Like they've had a whole coaching staff, a change of coaches even. They've brought in different people. They've got all these legendary figures, just like Zonic. They've got people like that behind them in the organization. They've just never had the results. And I think if you look through the players, man alive this gets underwhelming when you go through these names now because even when you were going through them before it was like well maybe he gets better maybe he's on the way up no it's always valid. exactly to save the day at least whereas mm. i'd say this i saw a stat today that hltv.org put out and it was one of those ones where it should be to bigger player up and it just made me realize holy fuck, this guy's a pro player it said that gade at esl pro league where obviously he came like fucking, i only played three maps or something so he only played three maps and it said he had his best ever rating in his career, which was 1.17. I'm out it's out. Like, I'm done with that now. How, how has this guy played in a team for like two years? This yeah. guy's been a top professional player. Like you say, I assume at the beginning, getting a fucking good salary in a team that literally is like your biggest fucking your country's biggest football club. You you play, I've joked about it, but it's a big deal. You play in a yeah. fucking sports stadium. Like you're literally being treated. It's like when it's like when Complexity first joined the Dallas Cowboys. I even used to think back then, it's kind of fucked, isn't it? That some of these like shitter NA pros get to go into like six facilities, top of the line sports tech. And it's like, it's almost wasted on them, mate. What's the point? Like they're never going to be yeah. that good. So I look at this team, I agree with you. Even from Denmark, I'd just swipe the deck with this. Like, you look at the heroic team; they're way better than fucking North at the moment. Like, I took some of them players. I took some of the ex-Optic players. You can make a squad right now. And the fact that the conflicts of the world aren't even in Denmark anymore. Carrigan's off in Mouse. Like, you're left in a pretty bad spot. That's why I say to me, MSL is the only way out of it. Like, he's your best chance to get some of this something going forward. It's yeah. actually a real team.
0: I mean, here's here's what's really telling as well um You know what? From watching this tournament from start to finish, think about it. It's in Denmark, right? <laughs> and North are uh, sponsored and kind of you know and have, have this association with FC Cup I don't. I don't think I saw one North jersey in the crowd. Like they've you know,
1: never been a fan
0: favorite. Let's be real, for yeah, good reason. So, you, so you got stralas Yeah. So it's like your your failure to sort of penetrate the the market in that sense is very telling and you're not going to capture hearts and minds with a team that is like literally wiping out of every tournament right now oh, so it's way, like I don't it's, know it's been a failure
1: saw, i don't know if you saw this but I'm, I'm almost certain from my memory that i saw not that long ago maybe within the last month or two that actually wimp who was like the director or whatever he actually left i don't know if he was fired if he left but I, there's another example like Unfortunately, when you have a real sports structure like that, you also have to treat it like a real sports structure. If the GM fails over three years, I mean in esports terms, that means it'll be fucking fifteen years, mate. I'm sorry, you have <laughs> yeah, to go. I don't, I don't care who you are. Yeah. I don't care that that guy is one of the best CS players I've ever seen. Doesn't matter. Mm. If this is really what he did as a GM, it wasn't good enough. Sorry, mate.
0: Yeah, and and, and <clears> I've said this as well like no disrespect to Ave because you know he's a player I respect from back in the one point six days. Like, I think he got out fucking scot-free in terms of criticism. I haven't seen him blimmed at all. Yeah, and failed upwards in doing so because he got to join Epic Games and probably is making a mint. Um, doing it, so he's had like some great jobs in esports despite very little credentials. And as I said, I'm always a, a bit panicky about people who like they were in esports, then they said I'm getting out of esports. it's Shit, this, and then they come back like ten years later. And now we got all the fucking high salary jobs, and it's all and, and we've stayed and professionalized it for them. And they go, hey, remember me? I was that legend. Like, fuck off, dickhead. Like, you know what I mean? But whatever. That's just my bitterness. No, I guess, I, uh... here's the
1: thing. Especially if you're in a new job, you got to pay mm. your dues there. When the best I explanations agree. I ever heard that I always remembered in esports was when the legendary Quake player from back in the day called Machiavelli, he actually does commentary now yeah. on Quake Champions. When he was switching from Quake 2 to Quake 3, well, he was actually the best player at the end of Quake 2, right? And when he switched to Quake 3 and people did interviews with him, they were obviously like trying to get him because he was a smack talker to hype himself up like, oh, come on, are you going to be the best in Quake 3? Like, you know, you must be so good and that. And he just said at the beginning, like, you know what? I used to be the best in the old game in the new game. I'm off to pay my dues. Like everyone else. I'm gonna have to take losses to beat who are the best now. Like I'm gonna have to work my way up and I hope people would actually like treat me basically based on if I get the best in this game, not like I'm a legend from the other one. That's, and that it's kind of bullshit. Like that's cool for yeah. fans to talk about. You shouldn't yourself buy into that hype. You got Like, that's yeah, one of the things I'm so you. disappointed at with these guys is it's like, I wanted you to put the same work ethic that you put into being the best IGL and the best player into actually fucking being the best executive, the best coach. If you'd have done that, maybe we'd have a different story here. Eh?
0: Yeah, totally. I, I, I agree with it for sure. And um, I, yeah, I just think at this moment in time, they need to have a very drastic rethink. And, and the only you're right, the only person out there that can really save North from mediocrity is MSL. But man, how embarrassing it is to have to... Yeah. Go and ask him to do that for you after the way he was treated, which people seem to forget, you know, he's cut from a roster after he had his statistic, like statistically best performance ever as an opera and won an MVP and a tournament for his team.
1: It, and I'll just say this. Stupefying. I'm, have I missed something? Did he do something at the majors since then, boys? No. Yeah, because exactly. I wouldn't put that all on him, you know? Hmm
0: oh wait did i did i get it mixed up did i talk about Ave going to epic or did i say it was wimp sorry i remember I, I think wimp. you said Ave, but you meant wimp you just, just yeah the names up in about. your mind yeah yeah Thanks, that, thanks for not correcting me but somebody in chat did no no uh, i i
1: just wondered myself if i was wrong on that i didn't actually know yeah that no, was, no no no. it was my fuck
0: basically or, or, or both are is that true fucking right. hell fair enough. double failing upwards fair guys you if you want to fail <laughs> upwards in esports get to fucking north um, it turns out that's the plan. Uh, so speaking
1: about, I mean, fucking I hell, Epic Games has got a hell of a roster. They've got Nate Nancer, they've got fucking <laughs> this. I bet Scott Valencia can't get him to stop bloody reading <laughs> it. <more.
0: laughs> <be> back, back <laughs> um, anyway, uh, talk about Renegades.
1: Uh, which it, remember talk- is not the team that's 100 Thieves because I kept making that mistake. Like, I kept going, like, I yeah. remember when I was looking on this going. Ooh, Mouse against Renegades, that might be hard. Oh,
0: I actually, fuck. Oh no. You know? <laughs> so what happened was Greyhound uh sold their team to Renegades. Uh we pontificated a lot about why Renegades chose to buy it, why they want to commit to the oceanic uh market and region when I just don't think it's going to be that lucrative for them. Uh, but this was the first outing for essentially the Greyhound guys under the renegade banner. Um I mean, I just wanted I don't know if you want to bring this up on on uh on screen, Sam, but like this we bang on dick stacy on this fucking show but can i just show you when they played astralis in their opening game you can bring these stats up like and then you can also play the one of these things is not like the other four for 21 against astralis like absolutely you could have failing upwards (laughs) mate but i I don't know like surely surely the fucking penny's got to drop Uh, with him at some point now this is how you know it gets really bad though they labored to a win over the brazilian team sharks and actually dick stacy was the top fragger as opposed to the top shagger he describes himself as in all the interviews or whatever but um I i just thought like this kind of just was typical a typical greyhound performance Uh, just under a different banner, really. They turned up, they got banged out by good teams that were well-prepared and not jet-lagged. And then when they actually, you know, they took a map here or there, which they're always liable to do, because remember, they have Dexter, they have Psycho, or Sicko, if you call it that way. Malta occasionally goes off. A lot of people like INS. There is like one or two players on that roster you could fucking pick up and maybe do something with and put them in an NA lineup or something like that. But honestly, they're just never going to get deep runs. And I don't understand why Renegades have, have, have got this team. Um, it, it, it kind of feels to me that it, it must be with a with a plan to to start changing this roster up, right?
1: You'd hope so. I mean, at, at the same time, though, this is the sort of thing. I, like, I basically, I might actually do a piece of content on this topic, but I'll have to be in a hmm. few months based on some of the things I know that haven't happened yet. But put it this way, if we're going to talk, I know it's just a rumor about the Cloud9 lineup later on lineups like that don't seem as crazy to me when I'm sometimes on the inside because holy fuck yeah. people people when they start picking up teams become like some they become like a kid whose dad is going to buy them his first car but he's only going to buy you like a second hand one and you're just trying to get him to buy you literally any car and you're like oh this seems all right dad look it's all, you know it's got a few miles on it but oh, you know it's, it'll be all right I'll it's a fixer or in it we could do that. It's like like, the, ang- the, the the way they'll mind-fuck themselves into thinking a team they're buying, which has never done anything, is going to be really good is mental. And most of them actually usually think it's with no roster moves because they stupidly talk to the players and the players just fill their ears full of shite. The same players who like to cry about them being exploited and all that. Don't mind lying like a motherfucker to every org about where they're going to play, and so what's going to happen. And the players always use the same lie that every player does because they believe it, which is, but if I was actually a pro and I had a proper salary, I'd really practice way harder and get a lot better. No, you no, you wouldn't yeah because you have done that to make your dream come true you dumb fuck like nobody's gonna do that it's nonsense there's top players who don't still give their all so sadly i think this is an example of a team where i think they just went in mixture of like really budget and then also cynically fucking exploiting that oceanic spot thinking you'll get into a major it's basically the cheapest min max to get into a major isn't it like yeah. so you, you know it's the best way to get some stickers and then thirdly probably naively believed the team would get a lot but it's not going to let's be real like look at the team we know what it is there are no
0: that was, that was a weird thing <clears throat> that happened actually. I don't know if people saw this on Twitter. When I put out the article uh, about Starladder being late with payments, um, their picture that DeSerto used had Renegades. Um, it was like the Renegades of Vanguard, you know, uh, quarter, was it quarterfinal or semi final? Um, semi final, wasn't it? From the Yeah, from it was a
1: semifinal, final, yeah.
0: Uh, and uh, you know, Ustillo, who used to play for Renegades, tweeted out um is that an ironic use of the renegades logo and then people were replying and sort of intimating that maybe renegades hadn't paid their players or there was some financial weirdness going
1: oh actually i think that might be an old school one though because i will Mm. say i don't think that was from the era of this team i think that was actually monty's era because famously Mm. one of the things that happened was I know some of the Renegades players at the time told me they were just delayed payment for a while. which not that they didn't get paid yeah. as far as I know, just delayed. And as far as I know, that was one of those ones where, I don't know if you ever knew this, but on the LCS side, like LCS just literally, like Riot just didn't send the fucking stipends that like pay the players <laughs> to the like, House. Yeah, yeah. And you know something like that. and then even yeah. though they didn't do that, they like blamed one, and he was like, well, I literally haven't got the money, so I don't know if that's a knock on from that. You'd have to ask you Stillo because it's out, I think that was his era because he got kicked out quite a while ago from what I remember. Wasn't that like a year and a half ago he got kicked
0: out? Yeah, it's
1: always it hard to talk to
0: players that you've been critical of in the past. but oh, yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah Maybe I'll have to hit him up. But yeah, I, I, you know, not sold on Renegades, 9th to 12th here. But uh, down there with them in 9th to 12th, well, it, it, I told you guys, everybody was fucking wanking off. Yes, I'm using the British term, Wanking. Right, wanking. I know where you're going on this already. <laughs> yeah, about phase. Like <laughs> they've won a blast. Oh, they're back. Oh, Cold Zero. Ooh. Nico. Oh, I don't know why they were Kenneth Williams, but whatever. <laughs> um but the, the reality is i said guys it's a one-off event it's a meaningless event it's an event format that is designed to create chaos and have as many winners as possible and uh the, they, they have no interest in fixing the format because it's fast food esports for morons um and uh people were like no 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 phase have clearly improved it, an event is an event well they came here They lost to MIBR, which, by the way, that must be hilarious for fucking Coldzera to swallow that. Not only did he lose to fucking MIBR, he bottom-fragged in that game. (laughs) I know, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) You have to realise,
1: guys, this is no joke. When he was towards the end in that team, he really thought he was the only one that had his shit together, and they were all the fucking idiots. Yeah, remember that. Remember, (laughs) remember Coldzera
0: did that fucking interview where he went everyone in brazil cs is fucking garbage compared to me and every time i called them out on it they started crying that was like his interview right and by the way so,
1: i don't know if anyone's looked this up but literally in fears he's only been in the team for five lands he's already had two of his worst lands ever in his whole fucking yes. career playing with bangers people yeah. like like how is he going to look at the other players listen i look all off and see he's washed up Cold Zero's not going to say that. He's going to go all no. Olaf. I remember when he used to be, like you know, like Olof so said what? he was
0: washed up. Even exactly, anything. fair
1: play to him, by the yeah. way. What yeah, actual yeah. fucking legend. legend he is. So, yeah. oh, this, this is. I said this on Twitter. People, people were obviously trying to go in on me. I said this team is all about Nico learning that you need to rely GL, and Kolzira's lesson is to be humble. He is going to be fucking humbled in this team, and he's going to quickly oh, yeah. learn. I sort of need a whole team built around me. Then I'm an amazing player, of course
0: i mean that's what's hilarious about the the phase run here um cold zero i think bottom fragged in like almost every map apart from one and, and, and olaf came out and did an interview and said i was fucking
1: shit over the event so what cold does that Zera, say about cold you know cold zero actually averaged less kills per round than deaths and this is the biggest beta of all time by the way i'm really good sense but like if you're a massive bit, Yeah, you a, like that, a trade fragger, not a be, uh, Yeah, That, that becomes yeah. baiting, though, when you die more yeah, than true, you fucking. True, true, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, exactly. <laughs> that's the difference over. between trading exactly. and beating.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, that's what Steele always used to say, anyway. But they, you know, let's just go over the run. Like I said, they lose to MIPR. Uh, they get into a best of three with Tyloo. That's a fucking uh, absolute slog. Uh, you know, they give a map up, and the map they gave up was like they were a map down, 16 7 on Inferno um so which is again crazy to think with this. and that was
1: if you remember that was where tyloo didn't bring their new coach who everyone claims finally yes. like revolutionized the the game yeah, yep. so actually that wasn't even theory peak strength tyloo
0: yeah no totally not and then you go up against 100 thieves which of course is the old renegades lineup that's over there right now and uh, you know, again, it's, it's a comprehensive loss. They they took us to sixteen, twelve, but Inferno and Mirage for hundred thieves were very, very comfortable indeed. So you bo- you bomb out here, and uh, I honestly just say, like, when you add the caveat that you know Carrigan obviously ends up winning the tournament as an in-game leader and, is, and doesn't, in, yeah. <laughs> and then does an interview where he says i'm so proud of my young team it's great to have people around me who listen to calls and follow the system it's like oh my chef's kiss like yeah absolutely And, and and i'm sure carrigan deliberately put that in there it wasn't just Oh, come on, mate,
1: that's where this is one of the areas where I've actually realized I've stopped actually blaming fans for seeming so stupid, because I realized part (laughs) of it is they just don't understand subtext. And so they're like, what are you talking about, Richard, he was just talking about his young players like Mm frozen. Read the fucking subtext, you idiot. He was simultaneously saying the right things while communicating, like how you like these motherfucking nuts on your chin, boy. <laughs> like, put it this way: when when Carrigan left FaZe pretty pretty much I like and it. joined Mouse Sports, if you looked at those two lineups side to by side and said, right, which one gets to championships first? As in like big ones, not fucking Blast Paul series, everyone in the world, every fan in the world says FaZe clan, especially Cold. if you find out they get Cold Zero later. Meanwhile, what do you know? This guy took all the players who never were fucking legends and stars, and he's now winning the tournament. Enough said. Enough said, mate. Yeah, and, and
0: the worst part is, like I said, because I did that interview with uh, with Carrigan over on the Rivalry channel, which, you know, made it to the front page of uh, the subreddit, and a lot of people saw that one. And he was literally saying, you know, it, it, it was pretty crazy what happened to him. I don't know if people understand this. So, first of all, he dealt with all of the issues with Olaf having to be away for, obviously, personal issues. And um, he was in the position where he was like, he asked the team, you know, we're all going to stand by Olaf, right? And, and he's going to come back, so let's just use some stand-ins. It was all agreed upon. They did that. Then Olaf needed an extended uh, leave of absence, and then phased. Her, and then obviously, when things were, were sort of going bad, uh, when Olaf came back, they'd all been hyped for the return, thinking that was going to fix everything. And In actual fact, it didn't and then people were getting pissed off with carrigan about that and like kind of undermining him in game and carrigan was calling things and people were going, no i'm not going to do that actually and maybe we shouldn't do that and second guessing him and then he said like guys we can't go on like that we gotta we gotta either commit or we or we don't and then phase the owners or whoever deals with the cs team over there because i doubt it's the cod guys they fucking uh, turned around and said listen you know you're in uh we're gonna we're gonna get some new players you're in charge and then Two days later, he he got told he was out the team, and he got fucked. So it's it's crazy to think that everybody seemed to be on board with the idea that Carrigan was some sort of problem in that line oh by the way i'll give you a little it's insane to
1: me i'll do what i consider actually one of my biggest strengths of esports which is i'll read between the lines of what richard just told you right there mm. right i believe four's owners wanted carrigan they understood his tenure what he'd done for the yep. squad what he'd even done to their squads in the past that i had, had pieces that were literally throwaways would Remember, never
0: yeah he won tournaments with standings that are nowhere now He won a tournament with Crawford. exactly where yeah. is he exactly what a legend
1: we fucking exist when exist was considered washed up and surplus to requirements probably actually saved fucking exists career by the way so then right they come to him and correctly like you should in a sport you pick the in-game leader who you think you can build you back up again you say right you know what team's yours mate keys are yours we'll just get some of the players we'll figure out who's staying and then you decide right and here's what happened obviously in their brain i'm gonna go ahead and say obviously nico would be part of that team you know we've invested a lot of many superstars i look we need nico right yeah. They go to him, I'm not gonna say it was Nico, but I'd imagine Nico was involved in this decision. And that sounds to me like when they've gone to Nico, he's gone, actually, I've got an ultimatum for you, Carrigan or me, or Carrigan or me and this other guy, or Carrigan and all, or all of us. And then after that ultimatum, they've then had to go, well, fucking hell, we thought it would, you know, be reasonable, like it'd be Carrigan and Nico, then maybe another one and two others. If it's literally Carrigan or Nico, I mean, now we've got that's a that is a tough choice, even though I, I know which way I would go. But then again, even I'd have to second guess that. I wouldn't be able to, yep. in good faith, just do that as a snap decision. So unfortunately, the fact that they come back and go, You're out, that's the point. It's not it's not even a negotiation, is it? So I'll read between the lines and say the players basically say, get the fuck out. Well, and in, in the other component
0: was of course Nico was meant to be sold to MIBR. Um apparently they'd had a, a, an agreement in principle, which is why the owners said to Carrigan, like, We're backing you, you're rebuilding okay. the team, Nico's out. Right. Because they would have made a mint on that deal. But for whatever reason, it fell through. And you know, you think about all the players MIBR were trying to buy at that time because the link was simple as well. It looked like they were trying to make like sort of phase mark two essentially uh, and bring some like more star player, you know, some firepower into that roster. But it just never panned out. But you know, I I, I think all things told, like there can be no doubt that phase probably represents the biggest failure in CSGO history. In terms of trying to assemble a team, trying to force a era uh, and success predicated on firepower and financial success to sort of go out and get that firepower. Where they are now, finishing ninth to 12th at tournaments like this, it's like really, really embarrassing. And I'm pretty sure in the back of the mind, if FaZe do indeed give a shit about CS, they're probably thinking like, fuck man, what, what could we have had? If Nico had sort of gone to MIBR, he would have been sort of there. Because he's a blessing and a curse, right? Because he's a fantastic yes. player. But, uh, but it is no coincidence that every negative storyline that you can sort of have with uh, FaZe, it always goes... All, all roads lead to him, right? Carrigan being removed, uh, him not changing teams, him getting his picker who he plays with, so he brings in Cold Zero rather than perhaps an in-game leader because he doesn't want to defer...
1: I mean, the the, obvious thing, this is where Nico doesn't get Counter-Strike. You know what, Nico? The move wasn't called Zera. It was for you to get Alexi B. Use your fucking head. That was the move.
0: (laughs) No, but do you want to know what's crazy about that? Apparently.
1: I heard he didn't want him or man. I think he said it in yeah. No, no,
0: no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they didn't think he was
1: right. That guy's unbelievable. What's good is, this is what's funny. In other teams, I always felt sorry for Nico. And I actually do think, by the way, one component of what's fucked him up as a person is that in his formative years as a pro, he was in these bad teams. And so when he was in the bad teams, you just learn like can't trust other people. It's like being in prison, can't trust anyone. Got to watch my back all the time. Got to take care of myself first before I watch out anyone else, you know. Don't help anyone unless they're helping you. Like always be hostile because they're just going to be hostile to you, right? What problem with that is it just it builds terrible character traits and habits as a player and a professional. Sure. Then you get to the point in this scenario where, right, well, in theory, if any player goes bad or betrays him, he cuts them, right? Well, he's made his own nightmare. He's got a bunch of legends he can't cut. He's got people where, even though his eyes—if you sat him down and took the nameplate off and showed you him all off the last three months—he'd go, "This player is garbage. Who is he? Fucking space soldiers?" A- no, it's your teammate, mate. The guy you would never caught. because when I put the name all off on, it has a magical effect on your brain and you can't see who he is. Like that's th- that's why, in some ways, he almost deserves to be in the team he's in now because you knows he hasn't learned the lessons of it. He keeps oh, fucking no. recycling. Yeah,
0: and I think he's incapable of learning these lessons because if you haven't learned them by now, when are you gonna learn them? Right. So I, I think I think with Olaf, um, you know, I'll I'll, I'll just say this. I, I as I said at the time, he should have been cut when he had to take that prolonged absence. It's not very compassionate, it's not very sympathetic. You could still keep him on salary, you just move him to sub. You don't have to like cast him out, but you absolutely needed a long-term replacement within the team. And you hamstrung your IGL by not providing that. And then you allow the star player to, you know, you wouldn't have needed to even discuss selling Nico because you would have had a long-term solution to a problem that is is persisted in phase. And that is that Meister. he needs to get out that team and he needs to go and play in the Swedish lineup again. He needs to reinvent himself. You know, he, he honestly needs that. It's like, I know you're getting a massive paycheck and you have all that status, but I think if you were to sit all off down now and if he's ever up for doing an interview with one of us, he absolutely should, because I'd like to pick his brains about it. For sure, yeah. I, I think he would admit that, yeah, I've, he's stagnated as a player. He's still a, he's still got fantastic potential. He's still got great game sense. He's still unbelievably experienced. His aim's ailing, but, like, you can make up for that in other ways, so that's not essential. You know, think about how Taz was, like, still a relevant player. Um but the, the reality is he's not doing any of those things, and I don't think he can do any of those things in phase. At the end of the day, Nico has one fucking style, um, you know, um, um, one IGL style, and Olaf's not going to be nourished in the way a veteran player that's on hard times needs to be meanwhile you go look over at what Carrigan's doing with young players and how he like took rops and like lifted him out of the doldrums of one year of terrible form to MVP levels of performance here and obviously all the players that work under Carrigan deserve credit but it's no coincidence Carrigan keeps doing this guy I always it's, tell people it's no coincidence
1: when people play under Carrigan they have to that point in their career their peak now listen mm. i had to say that let's line now because i can't say that obviously about like divides and then they've since had better peaks but mm-hmm. at the time they've never been as good as when they ploned a the carrigan now that yeah. tells you something meanwhile what happens when you ploned an nico you get worse and he just stays really good like i'm not hating on him individually as a player but as an igl i hate him as an igl it fucking kills me
0: yeah yeah and and obviously as well nobody could have foresaw glaive being as good as he was like we all we all knew he was a a good in-game leader but we also knew he was prone to petulance and childishness you know that was a gamble yeah he reinvented himself as a as a human being on like a fundamental level very rarely do you see that you know, this was a guy, we all remember the debacle with the girlfriend on stage and him delaying a fucking final because, you know, the, and, and, and basically when he said he had a prolonged period in hospital due to poor health, that's when he really reflected on his shit. Now, you know, if he doesn't get sick, if he doesn't have like a collapsed lung followed by another collapsed lung and he, he's in hospital literally fighting for his life, if that doesn't if that doesn't happen to him, he, he doesn't reflect on what he needs to do to cement his legacy, we don't get the Astralis era. Because remember where they were, they were they were a team that choked in quarterfinals and semifinals and had big players that went missing and always flirted with greatness and had an amazing core, but never quite sustained it. When Glaive came in, he did take them to the next level, but nobody could have predicted that. And Carrigan had got them 90% of the way there anyway. Like, yes. I mean, everybody would say that. So when you compare that to what's going on in fucking, you know, phase and, and again, like, I've got to bring it up as well. Like... It, Yanko, like, when's when's he gonna fuck off? Like, when's enough get... enough? Yeah, like he's gotta get out, man. Like, this he is he has had two coaching appointments that really are hurting his long term reputation as, as as a coach. And um, I believe in him as a coach, but I think he took the two most ridiculous appointments you could possibly do if you wanted to like fuck yourself right at the start. Like, he's not like some peacemaker, dude. Like, I, I I legit think he's a great strategist, a great motivator. But look what he's had to work with. He's had to work with some players that are either super knowledgeable and therefore are never going to acquiesce to a coach or super egotistical and therefore, or, and sometimes both, and think that their game is beyond reproach and beyond criticism. No coach can do anything with that. You know, and, and it's not like he gets to break apart the team. He's not making that level of call over there. So he, he should quit. Um, and go do something else with somebody else, in front, for my opinion. But, like my, but, my, like, whole
1: like, fe- my whole feeling on FaZe is like, this is, a, you know what? What On these shows, one of the things people don't understand about being a pundit, because I'll just say that again. And maybe I'm going to reveal a, a magic trick to everyone, like the fucking guy behind the curtain on the Wizard of Oz, mm-hmm. and you're going to re- learn how this actually works. I did, uh, Le- as Richard alluded to earlier, I did a League of Legends talk show called Listen Local with a former pro and coach called Listen- called Local Doco. And by the way, that show used to do gangbusters numbers, maybe like five times more than shows where I actually have the most knowledgeable people about all of League of Legends. And the reason why is the most knowledgeable people almost never are that interested on camera. Like you might say you love space, you're not going to go to a fucking lecture of some really boring professor, you're gonna watch like fucking like, the most TV version cunt like Neil deGrasse Tyson or Brian Cox tell you like, the universe, and it's all about just the graphics. And so you're not really following along and hearing it. You're just hearing fucking numbers. And you just tune it all out and thinking about like, bloody brilliant, isn't it? Like, you're not really following it. So when you actually watch these shows, it's beyond stupid to comment on like, you know, they didn't even share anything new. It's like, yeah, we're pundits. Like, what we have to do is go well, the Browns lost that last game, here's here's my take on it, here's my new slight yeah. update take, and here's what I think for the next one. And if that means that a team like the Browns, in this case, loses a lot, then it's going to seem boring on the segment that's about the Browns, isn't it? So, what normally, I'll put that out there, that that's part of being a pundit, is being able to sell fucking old rope for new money, basically, over and yeah, over again. Yeah, of course, but I'll put yeah. a twist on it. But what I'll say is this, FaZe is the only team I actually fucking dread talking about, because my take on FaZe is simple. I'm bored of it. It's fucking bored. And by the way, if you know Counter-Strike, I don't get bored. I would watch this Astralis, this Team Liquid, play each other a hundred times. That's how good I think some of those games are. I never get bored of that. I'm never a guy... You notice I always battle against the whole, like over saturation yeah. angle, because to me, there's never yeah. too much I love Counter Strike. I'm so yeah. fucking bored with FaZe Clan, because it's just like watching a car that's got a fucking like, it's got like amazing, like suspension, the tires got in theory, like a fucking god tier engine, everything and it's got the shittest driver in the world. Why the fuck yeah. would I watch a race with that and cheer for that car? A wooden wooder, it's garbage. Like at this point, you should have done this a long time ago. With all that money and salary, you should have wiped the deck clean and started over. You could have had your own mouse with better players by now. It wouldn't even have to necessarily be Carrigan. Bring in someone else. You could have done it. This OG team could have been yours with Nico instead of one of those cons. Like, what the fuck is this fierce clan? This is a joke, boys. You don't even because of the fact that people like Nico and fucking Zera are so incredibly uptight as people. You don't even get the drama. You get in cod or any of the cool vlogs. No. These motherfuckers would cry if they started actually having to like address some drama. Like they want to. They want to keep it all under wraps. So what's crazy is, like you said, there. Like, what is Yanko doing at this point in time? It's like, mate, you're just fucking arranging deck chairs on the Titanic. This is a joke. How can you... What I don't get is, I know deep down, especially Nico, in his own fucked up way, really wants to win. He really does. That's part of what makes him the person he is. It's just he doesn't get that. It just manifests in the worst possible ways.
0: Yeah, you're right. I think, like, there's this thing where people wanting to win... And and trying to do everything you can to win is not the same as no, understanding no. what you need to do to win and, and putting your energy into that. And as I said, I think Nico wants to win, but only on his terms, because he believes that is the absolute correct way. This beyond. is where,
1: by the way, this is one area where, like, you see survivorship bias, right? Which is whenever anyone makes it, so I'll give you a great example. I famously said that I didn't think Stewie2k would make it. Random Pog star jumping through smokes. Like, I didn't think that I'd make it at the pro level play. I thought people were exploited all the time. Now, here's the thing. When he, get, he makes it and he wins a major and he wins over a million dollars and he gives in a Team Liquid run of form, he can then say to me, ha, see Thorin? I proved you all wrong. The problem with that is that only works when you actually make it. If you just literally keep saying, well, everyone else is wrong. Everything they're saying is wrong. You know, it's us against the world boys. But like, it just happens forever and you never win. You know what? Eventually they were right. Like you have to actually be the one who gives it up and says, you know what guys, I was fucking wrong on this one, which doesn't look like it's ever gonna happen with this phase call.
0: Nah, probably not, unfortunately. And then when we go from one team that sort of is stagnating before our eyes, I guess we now have to talk about a team that uh, took a big gamble but realistically uh, doesn't uh, look to be paying or paying off. Um, by the way, there is sorry, I um, I shouldn't do this, you can cut it out of the pod b- if you want, Sam. I just fuck it. Honestly, sucks Germany. Have you never heard of the phrase rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic? Like what a very common idiom. Have you really not heard that? It's actually a cliche and, even at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 a cliche, some would say. And you you are aware that if you were to go and look at a historical photo, well, they indeed did have deck chairs on the on the on the Titanic. In fact, the term deck chair comes from the deck, <laughs> do, you, do you see? So you 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 cannot grasp that even you you that concept. Like I, I don't understand why people like you come and watch shows like this because it must ninety nine percent of what we say must sail over your fucking swollen head. Like what 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 enjoyment do you get out of this? Just explain it to me if, if you want. In fact, no, don't, because I'm not interested in getting a win.
1: <laughs> Classics the Just
0: get the fuck out of my fucking channel. Like, seriously, don't follow my work. It's not... This isn't for you. This is for people that, like, don't type things. Like, he literally typed and he typed, um, Titanic, high-class ship. Deck chairs, laughing my ass off, like it was just a a cavalcade of ideas, just blowing his mind all at once, like just fuck me, like I'm ah, alright. What do you think they did? Just Burn stay in deck the deck fucking deck. cabin no, all day me yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> in, in, in in a foldable chair on a boat, and this is lol, like fuck me, like what, what who are these freaks? Anyway, um, so I'll I'll do the setup again for you, Sam, for when you edit this.
1: You should do best of Richard turns on Twitch chat during final <laughs> just fucking
0: dolo in the chat i got i go. <laughs> uh, it just triggers me because i always have the chat up there in case like i i'm you yeah, know yeah. misremember a small detail cuz that people seize upon that so it's All nice right. to get like in real time corrections there is something to be said about the wisdom of crowds in that sense but um in general like you just see something so stupefyingly ill informed or, or dumb that uh, it, it throws me out of the moment like, oh that's i just a, realized that's I, I was outside the
1: twitch chat i was thinking the whole time what team is he going with here like he did a change it was a gamble i thought it was gonna be navi i've realized it's obviously g2 isn't it yes there absolutely so uh,
0: i'll do the setup again Um, So we go from talking about one team that's stagnating, if if anything, to uh, another team that's took a huge gamble that doesn't look to be paying off and is reaping similar dividends, and that's, of course, G2. You know, we said we were potentially excited by this lineup when they brought in the two Serbian players, um, but they have remained very underwhelming and incredibly inconsistent uh since this lineup's been put together uh just to give you a rundown on how they performed here they had a laborious victory over sharks on inferno uh 16 13 in the best of one stage they then went and played uh astralis it was in a best of three they could have conceivably won that. It was one of the closest series. Probably in the should have. Tournament. Where that game yeah. went, I think Astralis yeah. just
1: did like the old classic, like veteran pull out the win out of nowhere at your ass.
0: Um, and and incredibly, like Kenny S was just oh, like, I was in god tier form. Yeah, that was god tier performance by him. So everyone's feeling super excited. They get drawn in the next round against the South African minnows of ATK. And they lose that 2-1, and they lose that 2-1 in, um, well, you know, on the last map, Inferno, this it's map that they've already won and been competitive well, yeah, it was embarrassingly one-sided. Um, so they crash out the tournament in the similar position to the teams that we're talking about. So... Uh, we did say last week, if they had another underwhelming performance, we'd go in on them. What the fuck is going on here? Who, who is the blame? who Who is the blame for these lackluster performances from a team that now has no excuses?
1: Well, I mean, first of all, I've got to say one angle is when you brought in Nexa, he was supposed to be the IGL, right? He's supposed to turn the team around in that sense. I don't necessarily look at this team and know that as an IGL, he does a good job. I think as a player, he's a good player. I don't really know that he's brought much in that sense. And then I know in this series in particular, ever since the shocks era moved on, I used to think Amadek was a pretty good player in the lineup they had before in this lineup. It just looks bad, to be honest. And that's the whole point. Basically, like you were saying about the Astralis series, when you have Kenny S literally roll back the clock to 2015 and just go God mode on everyone, and you still narrowly get edged when basically Astralis was right there in your fucking palm to take the win. And then like you're saying, it's one thing if that happens, it's like, right, it doesn't matter, you know, we go on an epic run. Like for example, Mouse Sports lost narrowly to Team Liquid, but then came back and won the tournament. Right, That mm-hmm. if that's the start of something big, great. But then you go down there, and there's no universe you should ever be able to lose a best of three to the ATK team. You've literally just tricked Cloud9 into fucking buying this team because you lost that series. <laughs> you selfish <laughs> fucking cunts. I know they beat you when they won that major, but you don't have to ruin every lineup they ever have. No, but jokes aside, they almost have. Like, it, what? That's the problem. I look you at know. that and I go, Jesus, I Cloud9. Ask under- me before then, boys, because that wasn't your team winning that. That was fucking G2 pissing that game away. That's yeah. the problem. I think this is an example of a team where Amanek himself looks bad, but aside from that, most of them look like competent players. They look all like players that can be in the top 10, but their mix isn't very good. They only have a couple of maps they're even vaguely reliable on, Dust2 and Inferno, basically, which, by the way, everyone fucking plays. Like, Evil geniuses find out how hard it is to play that against every single team and hope you're going to always win. So I would just say everything about it unfortunately has failed like a lot of the things that we were excusing before was like i see something there but maybe if they go somewhere and with you it's been enough events now come on like i've seen enough i've seen definitely enough play i've seen all you have your chances this experiment has failed the only problem yeah. i have is i have no idea what direction you go like do you go more national now and say fuck I'm an neck and can go international that could be a move do you go back the french way because that's an incredibly tormenting path to go down right now where I don't really know where you get talent like yeah I feel like they're, they're still in a tough spot so that's why I'll never blame them for taking the chance the chance looked like it had a shot it's just it hasn't worked let's be real like what's going to change because for anyone who doesn't know by the way and we'll get to it later but one of the very interesting details I found out before the CSGO Asia championship I believe it was the tournament that mouse first one was that Carrigan had actually swapped up some of the roles and spots on the map, especially on CT mm-hmm. side. And that was basically the tweak he needed to take his team from almost winning big games to winning the big games. The problem is, who's going to do that in this team? Who's going to make the moves? Like, That's where these genius in-game leaders are worth their weight in gold. They can actually do the impossible. Like, you're not even supposed to make your team that good after that long together. This team, I'm, I know it sounds like it hasn't been together a long time. It's had enough tournaments, mate. Like, if I had to look what have they played, they must have played quite a few lands
0: yeah i mean i i can only think okay so if i was tinkering with this team right now this is a move i'd probably be tempted to do i think um i i i guess i have a tendency to lay a lot of the blame at in-game leaders feet when things are going bad um and i think that should almost be the first port of call in a lot of ways because if you look at a team that has all of the pieces then you have to say why are these pieces not being activated yes Individuals have to perform but ultimately good IGLs know where to put players so they can have that chance to perform. Uh, So for me, um, I think Amanek's got to go because he doesn't really put up the numbers and isn't a great player in his own right. He's proven he's not a tactical mastermind. He's not a wizard here. Um, he's got these two players. I almost kind of feel there's a lackadaisical approach. Maybe he didn't want these players. Maybe this was an ocelot decision. And Amanek is finding it difficult. Maybe they're communicating in English, you know, and, and that's throwing him off. Uh, who knows? Um, I don't know the ins and outs. I just know it isn't working. What I would do is I would cut Aminek. Uh, I would put Nexu in his IGL. And then I think you've got a choice. If you still want to go French for whatever reason, Kiyoshima's out there, man. Like he sure. can come back into the fold. I don't think him. I don't think Kenny S gives a fuck about anything. It's I think he's desperate enough team. now as
1: well. Come on, like you've got to give him a chance yeah. at this point.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, and and you know, I think he could be a solid kind of middle of the pack player. I think by doing that, you also have Nexa, who as IGL would look to activate Hunter. hunter has been a little bit underwhelming considering how good he was coming into this lineup. What's he definitely has who? potential.
1: Though. I'm I'm down to no, keep. him. I wouldn't mind yeah. going international. I keep him and Kenny S one hundred percent.
0: Yeah, but that's what I'm saying, like, you know, what you need is you need an IGL who already understood how to get the best out of Hunter and knows what positions he likes and you know, what kind of tactics to basically play to his strengths, right? Nexa is that guy. He's proven that because he's done that. And I think if you put Keo in there as, like, say, a middle-of-the-pack anchor, then you're only really asking about Jax. And I'll say this, despite my harsh original assessment that at 27, getting your first sort of call-up to the bigs isn't going to work out, Jax has really done nothing wrong here. At times, he's been the best player on the roster. That was true back. When they still had shocks. So um it would be it, it you can't look to cut Jax because he's done everything and more that's been asked of him, and he definitely deserves an opportunity to play under under another in game leader, but absolutely he would be the next on the chopping block, uh, because that would just be the position you would look to upgrade, especially if you brought Keo into the lineup. Now that might I, I don't know if there's anybody else you could um look at there. Maybe again, maybe there's another Serbian player, maybe maybe they'd even think about, you know, going and getting Esperanto. There we I mean, go. I was a, thinking
1: of that immediately. Yeah players that have played with him
0: yeah exactly maybe that's another possibility i think esperanto definitely is uh um, the crack yeah he's got the firepower i worry about <clears throat> his attitude but then again having worked with Nexer and hunter you know i could just see him and kenny s maybe clashing a little bit i think esperanto's ego does get the better of him at times but whatever um but that's another move but there are there are there are now Where The window is rapidly closing on what kind of big changes and alterations you can make, and that was always the risk when you made this bold decision to bring Nexor and Hunter in. But I have to think there was a little bit of uh, method to the madness when Asalot took Nexor in, because this was a frag in IGL, and I think by bringing him in, what you're essentially saying to Aminek is, you're on borrowed time to make this work. So it does kind of feel that he will be out the door soon if they can't get their shit together. I don't know how long Carlos wants to work with that, but I can't imagine Jackson Kenny S are fucking thinking it's definitely worth keeping this guy around. All the IGLs they've played with, so and how he how he doesn't measure up. So G two, it hasn't worked uh, in the short term, and I don't think it can work in the long term. There's no evidence to suggest that. I really think they have got to make a change again um i don't know if you have anything else to add to that
1: no no i mean they've just been a very underwhelming team like i've watched them a whole bunch and like the, the amount of times they would give you one really good map you're like oh potentially and they'd be shit on the next completely mm. garbage and they the amount of times they've rolled out a tournament super early is absolutely pathetic mm. even in light of you know the whole gamble aspect
0: and obviously yet yeah, i know they can't make a move before the major so you know um but i but i think uh, we, although we have seen teams the major's that, ages and, away, though. yeah, yeah.
1: But remember, everyone's forgetting the manager's in, like, May.
0: Yeah. But obviously they would lose the spot if they change the players, right? They've got to have the three. Oh, right, yeah. who is a yes. fuck about
1: that. The spot at the moment, you're never going to make top eight with this team. So fucking go ahead and yeah. kick that out and go through the minor. You're just going to have to yeah. suck it up.
0: Yeah, suck it up. It's been done before. Uh, okay, let's um, let's start kicking on up the, the, uh, the, the kind of rankings here. Liquid, uh, always worth talking about. Very interesting tournament run from them. Kind of saw the good and the bad again. Yes. Uh from Team Liquid. You know, off to a solid start. They beat North, no problem. Great win over Mouse Sports, 2-1, especially within the context of them winning the tournament, including a fucking epic dust two map that was fucking really, really good to watch. And, you know, if, if Carrigan wasn't Carrigan and Mouse Sports weren't Mouse Sports, that would have just broken most teams because it was there in the palm of their hand and Liquid just came up big uh right at the moment they needed to uh then the astralis series man what a fucking great series two brilliant maps in this sandwiched uh with with nuke in the middle but as we you know as we talked about again it was deja vu wasn't it it was like liquid off to the start they give up nuke and then we get this dust 2 decider and again astralis edge it but don't worry it's not over. You're going up against Fnatic, I think an eminently winnable game. Their side Fnatic. of the bracket looked great. Yeah, Fnatic made them look absolutely ordinary and um, we'll definitely talk more about him when we get to Fnatic, but um, and brolin fucking schooled these guys. Um so you know very very I don't want to say it, but like Nitro's been a little bit off uh, in these must-win games the last couple Uh, He crumbled against Astralis, he he definitely crumbled here against Fnatic, I think he only got 20 kills across two maps, which when you consider sure he's an IGL, but he's also open for the team, not great, Um, and uh, yeah, Fnatic just really had the measure of them, like Liquid were never really in the series, they never got going, and they looked once again to have that kind of like psychological problem, right, we've lost a map, the pressure's on, You know, our overpass really sucks right now when we were fucking great on this map not that long ago. Don't worry, guys. We're going into Inferno, our pick, and you get fucking schooled. Like, Liquid uh, really starting to live up to this narrative about having this mental block for me. And I don't know how you fix that.
1: Well, one of the problems is, as you say, if you go watch the spot series, you watch the Astralis series, that's Liquid who looks like something close to the team that was in the summer. Let's say like 85%, sometimes 90% on the right map. Looks awesome. They're still obviously in with a chance, you think, to win these tournaments. But the reason they don't win these tournaments, you can even just go and look at the stats, is when they were banging everyone out... The three big fraggers were obviously Elise, Twists, and Naf, and they were all gonna deliver, if not always at the same map. The idea was two of the three always turn up, so you always have a chance, right? And then the job of people like Stewie and Nitro was do your specific roles, be the IGL and the off-hopper, and be the entry guy, right? Well, first of all, Twists' numbers have gone way down, but in a very interesting way. He actually averages very few deaths, but he just doesn't kill at a high level. Like, he actually kills at a level of a player way below his status. And the problem is, every now and then, he'll still have one map where he drops 30. And so fans go, that's fine. He's just up and down. It's like, at the moment, he's more down than up. But I'll say, because he's not dying often, that makes me feel like he's being misused in the team or something, or his role doesn't fit his current personality. And then the other guy I've got to call out, because this is one of the areas I hate people in Counter-Strike. I hate the idea people have the balls to call other players out, and then they won't call out their boy. So I'll just say, go ahead and say a name right now. So Launders loved when Stewie was winning the Major, when he was in the good Team Liquid, to, to talk him up as potentially the best NA player, even though he was actually doing in Team Liquid what you'd expect, he was the entry guy, but he wasn't never the MVP player. You know that, but he'd always use that angle of it. Yeah, but he's the one that made the team work. And he's the one that like took them to another level. And that and It's like, right, where's all your call-outs the last two months, mate? Because that guy has literally been feeding his fucking ass off in the game. Now, I don't have a problem with it as a person. People maybe know we patched all that up, but I have to call out bad performance in the game because my biggest problem is this. The twists angle, like I said, I'd really need to study that massively in depth to get a sense of how does he not die? He's not getting any kills with such a mad skill level. The Stewie angle, I've seen it in the games. It happens in all the big games. What happens is when he gets into a position where he's just not hitting his shots or he's not getting favorable entries, he does the classic problem that happens with good entry fraggers. You just keep running into the brick wall over and over again. And so you'll see him like panic by orps just he he tries to do too much. He, do, he he basically it feels like he knows he's having a shit game. He knows someone's going to turn it around, and the team's all slowing down, and we're going to lose. So then he goes, he grasps for too much. Whereas sometimes in that scenario, you almost have to play a little bit more measured and go right. I have to be a little bit safer. or Just look for my moments. Whereas I've seen him, especially with the orb, do some ridiculous peaks and flicks that like would never hit. Like like even on your best day, you wouldn't hit some of those, mates. So unfortunately, in that scenario, I I admire the intention. I think there's a positive aspect behind it. But I don't know if he's burned out as a player at the moment, where he's at, but those two players, to me, they're just nowhere near what they were in the summer. Like, Stewie didn't mm. need the numbers, but his impact was massive. Twists had the numbers, and then I also agree, Nitro's had some absolute nightmares in, like, big matches where, you know, that's where if he wins, he gets that moniker Captain America. It be It's a sick fucking nickname, by the way, so yeah, yeah, I think he'd even exactly. deserve it if he wins them, you know.
0: Yeah, so this is the thing. I, I'll, so I'll agree with you in, in terms of... Um... Uh, kind of deliverables performance for Stewie. But the one thing I have noticed, I don't know if you've picked up on this, is when these games start to be slipping away from them, like Stewie's the only one that seems animated. He's no, the I agree. Only That's one. why I say yeah. the intention,
1: I think, is right. The rest of them do yeah. get in that funk. They go back to 2018 and start getting bend over for fucking Astralis, don't they?
0: Yeah. Whereas Stewie, you can see he's like, he's, he's animated, he's, he's he's angry, and he tries to make plays. I think I think what's hurting him at the moment, honestly, is I think in his mind... Uh, and again I'm, I'm saying this apropos of nothing again this is punditry at its finest um but i think in his mind he kind of feels pressure to make plays yeah um and and he, and he starts trying to do that and you start seeing you know the smoke criminal come back you start seeing you start seeing him do these things that unfortunately a fan, a well-drilled fanatic a well-drilled astralis a well they're loving that they're waiting DG. for you to come through yeah, exactly they they <laughs> they, they, they how they've got that in their back pocket like if stewie starts doing this We've got the counters. We know exactly what's going to happen. It's very hard to take over a good game uh, with great teams by creating chaos, which of course, when you play weaker oppositions, that's how you break them. You yes. fuck them. They can't get a read on you, and they need to get a read on you, because individually they're not good enough to beat you on that basis. They're the game Stewie thrives in, um, and and I, I, think, I think he's under immense pressure right now, because, listen, I, I think Twists has had some health problems. Like, you can't um ignore his dip in performance either um it, and it's not a popular thing to say because obviously he's a nice kid um and he's had he's had some health issues but again numbers don't lie and as i said like when your igl goes missing in big games there's a little bit of an emo air around the team like when they feel a bit put upon i also feel they can certainly be like their schedule's been insane that's true um i'll
1: i'll well, here's the that. thing I do want to say as a caveat, normally when a team drops off at like this, you can usually find something to blame everyone for. I don't have any blame whatsoever for Legion NAF. These guys are fucking studs. And they are sometimes yeah. hard-carrying Team Liquid through some of these maps and situations. Like, I actually think they're still playing great Counter-Strike. And the stupid thing about this scenario is we all know it's like an NA super team. So it's not like I think these players are done... Like, mate, if if tomorrow for some reason, Stewie 2K transfers to a different team and he has a different role and and more like agency, he'd probably be right back to his old self, probably a sick player. But in this particular situation, something's off with the mix. And it's not even that much, because like we say, even so, they're still taking these good teams really close. They didn't beat mm-hmm. Mouse Sports. It's just that they can also have a day like they had against Fnatic, where it's like they just wake up and get their shit pushed in. And that never could have happened. Remember, they yeah. won 22 series in a row. That couldn't happen. The best you could do is go to three maps and hope to beat them. You weren't going to fucking 2-0 them and spank them on their map pick.
0: Yeah, and, and, and like I say, I, I think... Um... Because I've said like in the not-too-distant past, like I, I think if you stick with his team, it works. I think uh, somebody in the chat used the example, you know, the shooter's mentality for Stewie. You shoot yourself out yes. of a slump, which obviously is a basketball fan. You know, you're familiar with that uh, idiom. But the, the for, for me, I, I kind of feel like I think the whole team can do that. But there's something off mentally about this team. I don't know if they're drained. Like, let's be real. Um, you know, I know everyone goes lol excuses. Everyone's going through the same thing. Their schedule was was ridiculous. They had that fucking stupid issue coming out of ECS. And then when they touched down in uh, for this, apparently, like, on day one, they didn't have their luggage and shit. Like, these things will fucking wear you down. And I think they still got one more event. They're off to fucking Bahrain. Uh, you know, I hadn't even floor thought floor of that floor angle,
1: floor. and that is such mm. a fucking bad look for EPL considering it was yeah. a, re- a great tournament. Right, mm. the top four at ECS, everyone was the top four in the world. It was Astralis, Team Liquid, Evil Geniuses, Fnatic. Yeah, right, only Fnatic made it to the top, the final of yep. this tournament. Astralis went out at least around earlier than they usually do, Team Liquid around earlier than that, and Evil Geniuses mm. also like. That's fucking terrible as a look, guys. Because they, yeah. that's the problem. It's like the situation coming out of the player break. If just Team Liquid had fucked up, no problem. Team Liquid fucked up. Vanga at uh, fucking Vitality fucked up. Yeah. And it's like, what's the odds, guys? What are the odds? Come on.
0: Yeah, but this is the thing as well. Like I brought it up before, and it's like this layering of events and changing of dates, and everyone trying to be the last event in December, and just all this silliness. Uh, definitely hasn't contributed to the players. And um, unfortunately, these tournaments you can't back out of. It's not as simple as no, no. you, you need to
1: stay team. in EPL, they'll kick you out otherwise. Yeah,
0: exactly. You, ha- you have contractual obligations you got to meet and the players have to do it. So I- I- I'm going to give Liquid the benefit of the doubt for their sort of, you know, bad run. And who knows what will happen in Bahrain? But it- it's a blast. so I'm not even going to count it if they win. Here's it. the thing.
1: They're still a good team. The problem is this. Think about when we spent the, best, the last... Yeah. Exactly, when we spent the last... Yeah. When Here's the thing, when Fierce Clan first fell off, they didn't instantly go down to where they are now. They just yeah. went to, like, number three or number four, and they had the outside chance to win a tournament. That's the point, though, guys. We're not judging this team the way we were judging the fucking the G2 squad earlier. Like the expectations should be completely different. So with this team, you always have to look at it, especially with these players and say, what's the change, whether it's a player move or a role change or a map change, what's the one change that puts them back to number one? Because that's possible. Of course it's possible. It's just at the moment, no one's got the answer. I don't I don't claim to have the answer, certainly not. Before
0: Before we had that player break, uh, if you'd have said that Fnatic adding Golden and Flusher would put this team comfortably above Team Liquid in the they, rankings,
1: they won like what <laughs> one tournament and made two more finals. I think yeah. str- I think Team Liquid's made one final since then. That's ridiculous. Yeah. You'd never yeah. believe that. You would, never,
0: you would never believe it. this. This is what I mean. The, the one thing about being a pundit is, like in mean, Counter Strike especially, it's, it's fucking insane. Like it's, the it's things that happen, no one could predict this shit. Like it's like you literally just need to be fucking Nostradamus, just pulling shit out of a hat to even be right. It seems because any sort of insight or knowledge makes no sense. uh But anyway, you know, I, I hope Team Liquid keep going. Um, and we'll we'll see how it fucking works out for them. I'm going to skip past talking about EG. I kind of feel it was like sort of a classic EG performance in a lot of ways. But I, what I do want to talk about is Na'Vi. Uh, probably the best this Narvi has looked um, since bringing Guardian in, uh, which uh, w- we'll definitely focus on in a second. But just to give you the rundown of how they did it, Comfortable win over Tyloo. 2-0 clean against MIBR. Um, they had the 2-1 over Evil Geniuses. Simple fucking teed off. Looking great. Maybe he can restore some of that uh, godlike form. Electronic doing what he's got to do. Being a good wingman. Guardian, it wasn't even too bad in that series. Uh, but but EG was just very flat. Couldn't really meet their firepower. And then, you know, 2-1 against uh, Fnatic. Fnatic obviously going on to the final. Uh, it was pretty close, 16 14, 16 11, and then Fnatic blew them out on overpass. Um, and we all know why they lost that series. So for me, you've now got a call for in this team that seems in- settled. Like, Boomich is in, everyone's listening. Electronic and Simple so it's sort of taking turns to top frag. Flamey's looked a lot better since Zeus is gone. But obviously, the elephant in the room is like got a fucking go like it's just it's just getting sad right Man, now and
1: isn't yeah. this crazy it's so rare no matter how much of a hot take people want to do it's so rare you can really say like you could almost prove it with a fucking like calculator oh, that oh. like one player is the big anchor that must go like normally it's like well who knows the role this the effect this guy's role has and you know maybe he sets us but no this is just an example because this guy uses the most expensive gun relative to re- reasonable use he has to go, like literally almost any just fucking Russian person who doesn't die loads and all would need the most expensive yeah. gun would make this team literally potential champion. Like they've got all the pieces there, like you're saying. Yeah. The rundown from everything else is brilliant relative to their role. It's fucking what you always dreamed of when Simple was in the Zeus teams where it had all those flaws and Edward... But the one problem is the one guy who used to carry Na'Vi is now the fucking anchor. It's crazy. It's one of those, it just shows you how quick esports goes by. It ain't like normal sports guys. This is like someone being the fucking star quarterback. And then two years later, he's the worst player on your team. Like, that's ridiculous.
0: Oh, and and the level of drop-off, if you're talking about quarterback analogies, is like some RG3 shit. Like, it's unreal. Like, he's fucking, um, he's so out of these big games right now and not hitting shots and not putting up um any form of production and um there was a clip man where you saw like uh you know simple and that like consoling him doesn't he seem
1: mentally in it him. exactly like it seems yeah. to me like listen no here i obviously love guardian as a player i think as a person he's actually low key a pretty cool guy like he never gets He's he'll tell you he'll shit behind, behind the scenes game. yeah mm. but i have to say this is one of those scenarios where I have to look at Guardian the player. I can't just look at the legend and all this of it. So I have to look at him right now. And right now it's a fucking bad player. So either get your shit together or it's gonna have to be a cop.
0: Yeah, and, and I, I, I understand, um, you know, I, I understand why people fucking, you know, want him to do well and everything. I understand why he's sort of clinging on, like, you know, wants to get that major, you know, been in those finals, that shit's gonna haunt you. You want to cement your legacy, you know, you're 30, you, you know how 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 much longer can you keep going? But it's just not happening for you right now, and it ain't gonna happen in this team. And it can't be a good feeling knowing you're holding back guys like Electronic, Simple, Boom, itch, Flamey. Guys like that do need to fuck it. They deserve the trophies in the cabinet. Like you know, I wouldn't be, I I almost wouldn't be as harsh in a way if they hadn't been denied so much by having to play with a Zeus and Edward combo for so long. But it's, these That's guys, not Guardian's he,
1: fault, but it's just the reality. It's not
0: Guardian's fault, but it's just the reality. You know, these guys have been denied what they were fucking owed because of greedy fucking frauds that just wanted to take a paycheck for as long as fucking possible um, for their own selfish ends, and weren't really thinking about the, the stuff that was going on around them. Now, Guardian comes into that, and you can see, simple, electronic, all these boys, they, they, love, they love him yeah. there as a guy, but, man, it, it must feel rotten when you come off the server after performance like what he put up against Fnatic, where literally, inarguably, he is the sole reason for the loss.
1: Mate, so, there's another one of those like go back in time moment. Tell me any year, literally, you can take any year, Richard, from the beginning of CS:GO to now to last year. Take me any year, and then t- you tell me, by the way, a year from now uh, or two years from now, JW is better than Guardian. I'm like bullshit, bullshit. Yep. That guy was washed up five years ago. We talking about, like, you know, yep. it never happened.
0: No, but this, this is the insanity <coughs> right now. Again, it's like you say, you they're not, they're almost there, Navi. They're, they are almost there. Like you just add one piece. And with this VP story, which we might have time to get to later on, and and it looks like, um, you know, a Vanguard and VP deal is going to happen. Well, now you've missed out on some prime talent. Now you've missed out on, you know, potentially Jame or, you know, potentially Buster or, you know, and and simple moving back to the AWP. Um, You know, I've said this a lot, right? Like when Guardian came in the team uh everyone's like oh simple's gone back to rifle and that was one of the driving factors like simple wants to fucking win and he can use an AWP and he can use a rifle and if guardian wasn't in the team he'll pick the AWP up again and bang motherfuckers heads off with it of course he will like he he is he is the epitome of i will do anything to fucking win i will i will that's all he wants to do so they they can pick up anybody they can legit there Absolutely. are so many options that's why i say it's
1: just a competent player that's all you not a good player just yeah. a competent player
0: yep yeah. um it just has to be someone that doesn't deny simple the orb and then shits the bed yes. that, that's it that's the only thing you have to bring to the table here but overall look i'll say this you know, because we'll end on a, a positive note. There's still going to be opportunities for Guardian to do shit in the space if he wants. Uh, I mean, maybe he can stay on Na'Vi in some sort of ambassadorial role. Maybe a coach. Like, who who knows, right? Like, if you want to keep him around the org, you can definitely do that. But what you can't do if you want to win tournaments is have this level of performance. Let's be real. He's never arrived in his second spell at oh. Na'Vi. He's not had one good game. Like, you He's, he's had some okay ones and that's about it and that's not good enough if you want to go on and win tournaments um especially in the big matches where he, he's been really really poor uh and especially against fanatic it seems whenever they've played each other he really seems to have a, a mental block of beating them but uh but navi uh, looked really really good this time out and c- could have gone a little bit they could have won
1: this whole tournament probably yeah
0: they absolutely could could have done it for sure uh right so let's do astralis um i, I kind of feel it uh, do you want to even bother actually i kind of feel it's a bit played out talking about astralis really uh
1: i just here's the problem the astralis one is more like like pretty swear when i think back mm. now especially if you add in there like epically cool s- uh, series with g2 mm. Like mm-hmm. I think they also felt the fucking strain of the travel as well. Let's be real. Like, look how many close series. Yeah, they have. you've
0: got to you've got to give him credit there. I mean, the other thing I'll say is I I looked at the statistic um and I tweeted it out uh, that uh, since Carrigan's joined Mouse Sports, in every best of three he's played against his former teams he's won. He's beat Faze three times and now he's beat Astralis. I'm sure they've only played Astralis once. But out of four best of threes against teams, he used to be an IGL
1: of his beat. Yeah, yeah. No, that's actually a classic hallmark of his career. I might have some content yeah. on that kind of soon. But yeah. no, the thing I would say is exactly. Aside from the ECS angle, which is what you can use for Astralis, listen—they're still the best team. If you looked at how they even played under the fucking trying circumstances, like look at what it takes to actually beat them. God, take NES isn't enough. Literally, it takes your ex in-game leader who knows the fucking psychology of three of you inside out. Like, come on, man, and you still narrowly really only won that. So, I actually think the storyline for that series is just the mouse angle, is it? It's Carrigan and his angle.
0: The yeah, sure. I mean, that does too. Comeback is is ridiculous because they looked done they were toasted what was it, it was like 14 7 or something
1: it was a big squall definitely yeah
0: i think i think it was like 14 7 at one point and they like came back and won it like 16 14 um 14 8 sorry one round out so you know it, it was just an insane level of performance uh from everybody an insane level of belief like the turnaround on walk is crazy, you know he picked up that MVP award and then he came out here, he was fucking monstrous against Australis. that's not easy to do, Chris J fucking teed off on Dust2 as well, um, you know, that. Say, say what you want about this team and all of the fucking young talent and Frozen and Rob's coming back and walks it, getting consistency. what about fucking Chris J, Mr. Mouse Sports, pulling out a vintage Dust2 performance against the best fucking team in the world, like what a fucking story that is, this guy is fucking amazing, uh Just what a legend! And what's um... fun is he's
1: going to end up at the end of his career as like one of the great journeymen. Actually, like no, sure. one of, look at how his career's gone year by year, practically getting better.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I just just. And it couldn't happen to be nicer, dude. He's oh, like no, such, no. A fucking, such a cool guy. And the
1: irony is, if you're listening, Nico, you used to play with that guy, mate. Do you not understand how, to you, he's nothing because he's below you, but you'll play with a player who's playing worse, who has a bigger name. Like that, You don't get Counter-Strike, mate. Seriously. You're brilliant in, with your crosshair and your game sense. Outside of the game, I don't know what fucking sense you're using. Fucking spider sense? What you, What the fuck's going on with you? <laughs> So well, I admit mean, that I get it, even though it's actually a sick uh, Yeah, no, it's good.
0: But um, yeah, I'm, look, listen, I'm 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 inclined to to agree with you. Australis came into this with like, you know, similar problems to to Liquid. All of the excuses about schedule and and everything. Obviously, I know it's a little bit different because they're like kind of the home team, and uh, they get in um, you know, the, the, the a lift from the crowd. Let's say. Well, again, we are going to talk about that. But um, honestly, this was this was so fucking insane the the heart that mouse Sports showed to kind of beat them and knock them out the tournament that's what you have to be with with astralis like you've got to match the fucking tenacity and the grit and the balls because when astralis when the chips are down they don't fucking think like oh let's play it safe this round oh, okay no. like, they make a fucking ballsy call they're like okay look let's just do a hard rush like we you know we'll, we'll we've been playing slow let's let's play fast let's do something different they don't give a fuck like because they've got nothing to prove and you have to have that same mentality when you're in the arena with them and like who would have thought it's it what i feel like team liquid doesn't have do.
1: no exactly yeah. there's the contrast if you're team liquid if you're nitro or you're Adren, you need to sit down and look at what the mouse sports did here because when your back's against the wall and you have better players let's be real you don't do any of that shit you do go quietly into the fucking night and like mm-hmm. at the end of the day. You're literally almost like preparing before the end of the game, like, yeah, this is over, fuck, like, you lost. Mouse like, spots one of the things that's been insane about their run over these last two tournaments is they've been right by the brink of elimination again and again, and they just come back. So that shows not just that the IGL is doing a great job, but he's just instilled that in every player, like, it's possible. Never give up. That's what Team Liquid doesn't have. When Team Liquid's in a, in a tough spot, they don't go. Right, Nitro, what are we going to do, mate? How are we going to win this game? They just go, fuck, I guess we just try this again and see if we can go catwalk and get our mm-hmm. shit, it didn't work. Fuck, uh, I don't know, should we save on this one? No, like, Mouse sports really believe they are, what's great is especially after winning this tournament they actually totally believe that anything's possible why wouldn't you you're basically beating every fucking team in the world at this point
0: and, and, and it, uh, it's it's a shame as well because of the visa issue they can't play with you yes. could see summit like just yes. completely like a momentum fucker if ever there was one Because right? they could have realistically gone and won that with him and obviously with no disrespect to nato suffix but just playing with the stand-ins bad in, in general especially such a high impactful one whereas they could have um they, they, they could have won that tournament, I don't think they can now, but maybe they still can, who fucking knows. If anyone can win with a stand-in, it's fucking Carrigan, by the way. So, um, literally, with this win, if he's not considered one of the great, like, one of the all-time great in-game leaders from CSGO, like, I don't know who the fuck is.
1: He's literally won multiple championships with three entirely different orgs and three entirely different sets of players. Not a single fucking connecting factor. Like, what more do people want? Yeah, (laughs) The guy's a fucking legend, bona fide. (laughs) This is like a first fall at home of fame level shit. doesn't matter that he didn't win a major. Here's all you need to know about Carrigan. Normally, those lists for, like, best player to never win a major are all-star players who just carried shit teams. He'd be in the top five of that list. What he's done.
0: (laughs) for sure and who knows what can happen right he's he's not going anywhere anytime soon and mouse sports one of the most exciting teams in the world right now in fact like we, we we've talked about them and, and gushed over them we we don't really need to to say no, anything no. else but we'll we'll just throw in a brief mention to fanatic because they've continued to impress since the return of golden and i've got to give mad props like we all we've been calling it for a while um talking about how you know problem was the one true Swede, like definitely the chosen yeah, yeah. one that was going to deliver out of that. It Malawi. just wasn't ready at the time. Yeah, but he was 16.
1: Just just yeah, totally <laughs> understandable.
0: Yeah, you know, like just a kid. Um, and you know, we we always felt he had the talent and and the fucking the, the the game sense and the willingness and the drive, and he's finally delivering on that, um, and and delivering on it in a huge way. Like this tournament from him was was immense throughout, uh, was was so good. I mean, like, a performance against Mouseports where it was 3-0, but conceivably there's an argument you can make that problem was still the best player on the server. I mean, like... He
1: did have that like, one round that was absolutely absurd on Mirage. The people have to go and watch. It's, it's impossible. Yeah. He does this ridiculous ace that shouldn't even be possible. <laughs>
0: yeah that was yeah the, the the one of the best aces of the year Sorry. and in insane circumstances but the, you know at that point when Mal Sports made the final i think everybody knew like yes. okay this is one of those like hallowed moments of destiny There's no one could have beaten them on that damn it <laughs> yeah yeah exactly like it, it was it was i am inevitable like said carrigan like it was just that's just what was happening but mad credit to to what this fanatic side has done Absolutely. when you consider i want to say like four or five months ago we're talking about this team being fucking washed up we're Talking about fanatic just having a. Dismantle. I would have bet
1: a lot of money this team could
0: never win a tournament. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And then we even said up to the point where they brought Golden and Flusher back, like. Why you want to roll back the years? Why you want to? Why do you want to even fucking go back to something that you already dismantled once? Because it didn't work, whether it was due to personality, archetypes, or whatever. But let me tell you, sometimes, sometimes, it's the hard times that really fucking turn you around. And in the same way we already talked about, Glaive laid up in a hospital bed thinking, like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? Like, if I get another opportunity, both hands wrapped fully around it. Well, this is what's happened with Flusher, you know, out there at Cloud9. Um, Obviously, play with these guys before, there was some friction there. Golden, you know, fucked out of the team. I bet all of the fucking players have a renewed appreciation now that he's come back to deliver some system, and not to mention Golden as well. Weird shit going on with with his health and in and out of teams. Like, sometimes it's just nice to be in a setting where... Listen, guys, all right, we were at each other's throats, but it was like a family, actually. Like, it's it's no fun playing with strangers. It's no fun playing with strangers when shit ain't working. We're all adults. We all know each other. We all said some shit. We all did some shit. Let's just fucking leave that in the past. Second chance time. And when you add that fucking explosive talent of Brawlin, which is finally coming through, Crims remains one of the most consistent players it's in bang, World man. Counter-Strike. Um... And and like you said, JW's turned his form around because he was washed the fuck up for for a while. Um, it, it's it's great to see. It's it's one of those stories which shows sometimes sometimes you can go back. Sometimes you can marry the wife, remarry the wife you divorced, and have a better time. Sometimes it's rare as fuck, but that's what's happened there with Fnatic, and I I think they're a great team to watch, and and I think they're going to get better because remember they're getting it done on their CT sides and their T sides aren't that great, they're going to add to that. The confidence they're going to get out of winning tournaments and making finals. Uh, I think I think. watch Fnatic in the first quarter of 20, uh, 2020. I, I think it could be a repeat of, uh, you know, when it, we went into 2016 and just from nowhere, Fnatic just had a mad run of tournaments back with that Dennis lineup that they had. I think Fnatic are gonna going to improve
1: yeah i mean one of the things i have to say is like i just did my new edition of the CS:GO world rankings and one of the changes i made is even though the top three is still ordered the same way off the top of my head i think it's the same like Fnatic was number three one of the differences is i do also that like tier thing where i try to like divide up who's like like who's an actual championship favorite from who's like just a very good team and i moved Fnatic this time into that status with I mean, I know AEG seems like a joke now, but they still got the ranking that they have to be there. And Astralis, obviously, is the event favourite every tournament they go to. Fnatic deserves it. Like, I thought with that first Malmo, right, fair enough... What's happened is you've had a brilliant tournament. Everything went well. No one expected it from this new lineup. You've caught a few teams off guard. Then they had the starlight event. They finished second, and you know some teams didn't go like Australia. So I thought, well, there you go. Right, that's mm-hmm. basically the equivalent to a, a top four or a fifty-six. at a bigger tournament. You've had your drop off. You've you've come back down to worth. mate. That, actually, that wasn't the case at all. Like a bad day for this tournament. L- team literally is a semi-final and that's losing to the yeah. best teams in the world. Like this team is absolutely a very, very good Counter-Strike team right now. I know it doesn't seem like it because they don't have like, put it this way, no one in their team is really like candidate best player in the world, but that just shows what mad chemistry they've got in this squad. They're actually have an amazingly wide map pool. I see them win on fucking every map, it's outrageous. So I don't know what, I'll also say, by the way, I know the coach guy called like, Samuelson or something. man. I don't know if mm-hmm. he's had any impact on this team, if it's just golden, if it's what, but every single player has somehow turned it around like Crims himself was having like a down slump when they were doing shit and getting banged out the major etc. JW does JW things again. It's like the fit of this team is so crazy. That's one of the reasons I think as well every game they have is so exciting when they play the top teams except when they wreck the liquid basically. So yeah. this is a team where if you wanted like top three teams to win a tournament they're in it. If you want top three teams to watch in the world they might be number one. Like they're that good.
0: Yeah and 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 listen just to give a Shout out to Flusher because I know obviously we banged on him on the fucking show a bunch of times. He still remains one of the fucking smartest motherfuckers in the game. Like stuff he's,
1: he's the definition of a wily veteran at this point in time.
0: Oh man, it, it's outrageous stuff he was doing. Was shooting the fucking floor and making. He knows everything about the game, Yeah, it, it's it's
1: mental. I wouldn't even make the obvious joke. Yeah, <laughs> no. <just leave> <laughs> yeah. yeah. How 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 are you I acquired know. that knowledge? <Yeah>. Is is another thing. It's entirely. almost like he can read the source code. No, we, I promise I wouldn't do that, Let's keep going
0: <laughs> yeah, Let's keep going. Uh, So that's all of the stories um, about the results. And again, it was a very good tournament. There's a couple of things that we'll talk about now. Let's. Yes. We're, we're going to focus on the crowd and, in particular, a moment that happened in uh, the series between Astralis and Mouseports on Overpass. Sam, I don't know if you want to quickly like bring up the clip and and uh, it's a pretty maybe. quick clip, so the people. Will get yeah, you see, see if you can it. find it. I, I probably. Should have put it in the chat, All right? Ready, yep. three, two, one, go. I yeah. got you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the two of them been duking it out. He was actually just checking for the little boost on the spool, so he was not ready for this. What is he? My goodness, how interesting! Zippex. through underpass, he's got glaive in tow as well, and they get the frag unbelievable, Astralis. They've got the read, frozen. Right, Uh, let me just
1: go on this first, because one thing I'm going to say right now is here's how you know how fucked that is and that that's not supposed to happen in Mm Counter-Strike. Because Machine doesn't really think that that was a read from Astralis and that Astralis did a good job there. Mm -hmm. He's thinking in his brain, how do I possibly say that the crowd just literally cheated in the round and told them where they are. He doesn't even yeah. address it, because by the way, I get it. It's really awkward. You don't know, fuck, what, like, what, what am I gonna step on the toes of the crowd, just, is ESL gonna So he's had to play that off. If you were watching and you couldn't hear the crowd sound, you would think Astralis were just such geniuses. They knew the stack was there, they didn't. That's a really sad. That's a bad situation for everyone involved. I even did a tweet when I saw that clip. because I So I'd watched the match, I got the clip and I just said, this makes me fucking sick. Because when I saw that moment, literally, even though yes, congrats that mouse still won, they won the tournament. But that round onwards, I, I couldn't, fu- it took me out of the game. I couldn't see the game as the Counter-Strike anymore. I just saw it as a stupid pantomime just so fucking 10 people on stage can feel big and inside that someone cheers for them. Like, I don't get mm. it. I, I just hate it. I hate it so much.
0: Yeah, listen, so this might be where we have our listen loco moment. I don't know, because uh, I don't know if me and you disagree on Soundproof Booths, because uh, uh, we've had this conversation so many times because it's just that debate that comes up annually in, in, in the business. Go on, give me your take. Right, so my take is this, I think, um, and I'm going to pass this, we'll get to the Zipnik statement, which by the way is one of the most delusional stupid statements I've ever seen by a professional player, so we'll we'll get to that, uh, in my opinion. But um, when it comes to soundproof booths, um, for me, I think that the amount of money you would have to spend, the amount of investment that it's required for such diminishing negligible returns um realistically the solution should always lie with crowd control uh because i think we're on the same I, side then oh cool because like listen i've been in those booths many many times i've heard it. i've been in booths when crowds have been cheering i've been in booths when um you know people aren't i know what the, i know what it's like inside of them and let me tell you uh, this this goes all the way to, the, to ti which have the most expensive booths in in world esports uh, created for them, you can hear vibrations in stadiums. the The idea of a soundproof booth doesn't work if it's grounded. They would have to be suspended in midair to stop. This is just the way it works. So you do you do dampen some sounds. Obviously, that's goes without saying. But will it stop crowd influence on certain moments? No, absolutely not. And in fact, almost every pro that's being honest will tell you, yeah, we can still get reads. We can still use tricks. We can still keep our mic open and hear shit, even when we're in those booths. And this is from Dota professionals and Counter-Strike professionals and StarCraft professionals. Now, the real reason I think a lot of players want booths is because it actually it, it creates this nice little bubble that you can sit in and it emotionally detaches you from what you're doing and it gives you a mindset uh, advantage. It makes you less nervous. Uh, I saw Makaleli do a quote um, when he was interviewed in 2017 by Red Bull saying, I don't care if there's a crowd there or not. I would play in a booth anyway because it feels like you're at a boot camp and it calms everybody down. And and I've, I've heard a lot of players say that too down the years when we've been talking about it privately, just shooting the ship. So just to wrap up my thoughts on this, The reality is, as soon as that moment happened in that game, the game should have been paused, there should have been a timeout, and somebody should have come out and warned the crowd. I know Pimp did it in a death segment. It's no good then. Damage is done. They need to be told immediately, if that happens, you're out. No esports company wants to do that because they spend so much time pandering to these fans, they're almost willing to let them subvert the competitive integrity just so they can have the noise and go, look, these are the best fans in the world. Look how great it is. No, that cannot fly. You guys are all in a game of chicken right now, all you TOs, because no one wants to be the first to do it. No one wants to be the first to set the standard. But you absolutely must be. Those fans should have been warned, and if they did it again, they should have been out. Crowd control costs you Nothing. It doesn't cost you a dime. You get to keep the experience, and you don't get this stupid argument about like how do we essentially defy physics. So for me, the the whole—I understand my players are doing it, but the whole soundproof booth thing—it's it, only an issue. You only need the booths because the crowd are being guns, yeah. right? So yeah, I, I, got I, I don't know if you disagree with one.
1: that. Uh, yeah. No, some of it I should agree with. Here's the thing. I'm my problem is my go to always feels like Booth because I just think of other esports I've seen. So I'll actually disagree with it. I actually think if you get the TI level and the other example I would give would be like what the Korean leagues tend to have where they have a booth set up etc. The difference with these ones though, as far as I know, and this is something I've looked into a lot this last week for obvious reasons. And I will say I've sort of changed my position on that. And the reason I've changed my position on it is basically, those two sets of people are cheating. They are not like normal to TI until this year was held in the same location every single year, Seattle in fucking Washington, wherever it fucking is, I can't remember that is what mm. state it's in. And then obviously, the OGN booths are just in the OGN studio until they move studios. So the key point is no travel costs, essentially, like even if you move it in Seattle, you just move it to a fucking warehouse, don't you? The problem is, First of all, the difference between the booth we had at G and, e, and one of those booths can be massively differential. Hence why the sure. one, your, one you were in was probably just like a fucking paper, <laughs> like cardboard on the shit. Gosh, your real booth, mate. Yeah, the glass and everything. And that's just fucking plexiglass. Mate, that bubble wrap and everything. Exactly, right? you <laughs> could believe it, right? And the problem is they yeah. did that because they wanted to give the illusion of being a professional like MLG right, right. while not spending the money. The problem is- And I haven't
0: been in a TI booth. No, anymore.
1: no, as far as I can tell, the really, really good ones are amazing. The problem is the cost just to make them is very, it's very expensive. And supposedly, I think you saw this on Twitter. Maybe between I, I can't remember who it was. Maybe ah, fuck, I forget who the people ourselves. So I'll just leave that out at the moment. Basically, I was told the biggest problem, even aside from cost, is moving it is a nightmare. Yeah, you have to
0: transport around the it, world.
1: You don't just yeah. tell Bill to put it on the back of his wagon and take it. He'll fuck the booth up. You have to essentially. Yeah. It's almost like trying to move a fucking panda to another part of the world. You have to, like, take care of it, make sure the situation, the conditions are good. So the mm-hmm. costs end up being ridiculous. Where, as you say, it's not like this is happening in every map. It's not even happening usually, like, every series even. It doesn't so happen every it, tournament. So honestly. the big problem is, what those people essentially did was, they get the advantage. It's the reason why, it's the dirty secret of Korean esports that no fucker tells you. When you do every single match from one studio for 10 years, your production team's going to be sweet as fuck. And they're also gonna never hit miss a beat. They're always gonna have all the technical aspects, right? Cause what changes? No variables. The guys who have to execute esports events. Like, That's why I'm actually in awe of how great ESL is when they go around the world. They go to a new spot they might've never been before, set up a whole thing to look the same and then pull off all the production things, hoping that not a single variable is even slightly off. Otherwise they look like a dickhead and everyone makes fun of them and sort makes out like they're shit. So i'm actually with you on the booth angle i've come back from that because i realise at this point in time with the current league cs has it's not comparable mm. if we were doing lcs i'd say just build it and swallow the cost and get it sure rid of this yeah bomb. yeah but i think i'd part. be
0: inclined to agree with that because you may as well have one but yeah. again the, the other argument i will add is it undoubtedly detracts from spectacle? It undoubtedly detracts from that moment because when a team wins and they stand up and cheer and the crowd yeah, are there yeah. and they got that contact, that's a much more powerful moment than them putting their headsets down, walking out well, of the crowd and applauding like you see a like, TI. Right? Here's the thing I'm per- wins, I, that hands
1: down I personally don't care about the players cheering stuff. But one angle actually that you mentioned there that actually has also changed my mind while we were having this conversation is I've realized that's actually not consistent the idea of like being able to be in a bubble and be isolated from the crowd environment, mm-hmm. that's actually not consistent with one of my philosophies in esports, which is I've always told you, even though it might seem like I get torn up when some of my favorite players' device, et cetera, don't win the major and they get wrecked in the semis. You know, I also love it because I know that for them to ever get over that moment where they're being fucked by the pressure and all the aspects. Exactly. That, that means to get over that, you have to become the greatest player. You have to become one of the best players ever. You have to really do another level mentally. You already had the game. It's the reason why, if anyone wants to know a little secret about why none of us brag about I buy power, winning two ESEA lands over top Europeans, way before Cloud9 won a major. It's because they did it at ESEA where there's no stage. You play in a tournament area. There's no crowd. You're essentially just playing at home. It's like a fucking scrim. Like in that scenario, do you want to know what? Yeah, there's been plenty of teams could have beaten the best teams of all times in that scenario, but you put them on a stage and there's a reason why so few teams have ever fluked a major. It's so fucking difficult when you know it's a major, everyone in the crowd knows it's a major, everyone's cheering for the other guy because he's the favourite, you're the fucking shitty little underdog, all the other way around, all the fans are on your side expecting, and if you don't deliver, you've betrayed them all, you tell them all that they're what support you, etc. I actually do agree, that angle, I guess I, I guess I don't want people isolated in that regard, because obviously the other angle, he could say is well, if we're gonna remove town, so I'm in a fucking room down the hall, right? Don't even have them near yeah. the crowd. But then that would essentially kill that moment as well. And the third angle is this, you've nailed it there. The reason why this has to be possible to solve is because I'm a fan of tennis. And one of the events I like to watch, right, for Grand Slams, where if you watch the Australian Open, you can imagine Australia is a country that loves to drink alcohol has some fairly rowdy people that love a bit of banter and to shout stuff out. At the Australian Open, they do not get all their matches ruined by someone purposely fucking with the guy who's about to serve. Because if you do that once they're fucking amazing they find you and you are out and by the way the crowd will fucking cheer if you get kicked out like i yeah. was talking about this topic with someone today and saying that what i would even like is i would even love if we had the first of all the equivalent of the woman we had at e-league who would come out before every show and say now listen guys we want you to cheer we want you remember she used to see the speech we want you to cheer we want you to get in the match but we don't want it to ruin the match for the players by giving them information. So don't shout anything out about the game. Just cheer for your favorite players, your favorite players. Because otherwise, if you shout out, we'll have to ask you to leave, basically. Now, the Australian Open obviously has a way bigger level than that. I even think I'd go one step further. Here's the new move when you're first establishing this to really make sure. You say to people, literally at the beginning, listen, this is not a joke. Someone will be kicked out when shouting happens for a round like that. And this is the move I want everyone to do. Everyone in here who cares about Counter-Strike and isn't gonna shout something out. When someone shouts them out and we have to pause the game, pause the match for these professionals, bring the house lights up, I want everyone to point at who shouted. And then they're gonna lift, because the idea there is I can't just point them out. Everyone's gonna point to the person, aren't they? And you're gonna be out. And listen, I guarantee if it's ESL, if it's any of the ones that have ever had any baggage in their history, that cunt's going to go on Reddit and he's going to lie. Yep, he's already called this. It. Yeah. And it's going to be so bad for you, first of all. But I'll tell you what, I'll be on your fucking side. I'll be riding with you the whole way. And I think the pro players will be too. Because I agree. When I think about it now, there is a value to crowd noise. I don't think it's the angle that you get popped up. It's great. I just think that I actually like the angle that you, the crowd can fuck with you. I like the idea yeah. that if Mouse wins against the crowd, it's even sicker, isn't it? So, like, I, I think it's just that third one. You've got to nail it. Think that about just... that moment
0: we're Fallen where he the nickname the Librarian right Moment, yeah that that's that's what you do you shut crowds up by playing now if we if we have this thing where we're, we're gonna say we're all gonna play in a hermetically sealed environment we're losing that and it's one of the things counter-strike has over almost any other esport i get it in mobas i really do you, you right because really yeah good. yeah listen I, I totally get it because like you can fucking call wards out for example which you know that would destroy you know potential stuff i mean in you
1: you can go invisible to fucking gankum so yeah exactly like yeah (laughs) you know what i mean
0: like i i so i told i I almost understand it more there right like but in counter strike all you have to do is not be a cunt that's it that's problem solved don't be a cunt now with that in mind i'll bring up this fucking Zipnik's um statement which again reddit morons loved this statement so this is a brilliant statement his statement literally concluded I know that vibrations come through the soundproof booths, but just build better booths, innit? Fucking brilliant. Five Ed. You fucking figured it out, haven't you? Literal Five Ed. No, I like Zip mix, right?
1: <laughs> Three says that right if he goes, fucking literal Five No, I like the guy, if he, you know. I wouldn't actually. No, I do. I do. I like. I wouldn't I like even go to him knock like on his day. head. I really, really, really like anyone day. in there. Anyone in there, McFly. <laughs> <laughs> Not what I really do. I think he's a great ambassador. Yeah, he this he state awesome.
0: This statement state was dog shit. And he fucking <laughs> lied to everyone's fucking face and expects you to believe it. And because unfortunately Reddit morons, <laughs> It's our best team, he play on best team, he's right about this issue. They literally took a, be- a, bo- a bold, barefaced lie and just swallowed it as being the truth. So let me just read you the statement here, right? Thanks for picking up this important... By the way, it took balls and a spine to make a statement. It's a shame it was dog shit, but good on him for addressing it anyway. Thanks for picking this important issue, which I really agree needs to be addressed. Let me start by making clear that there is a clear difference between one, the crowd actually giving away a position or, or other sensitive information, such as shouting A, and two, the crowd getting loud and excited about a play that is about to happen, which was the case in this with this play. What an absolute objective lie! And do you know how I know it's an objective lie because you, Freddy Fivehead, you fucking moved your crosshair back and forth and back and forth they had the and as back the and forth. Yeah, like we were replaying the fucking Sabruda <laughs> film. So don't fucking tell me, you couldn't <laughs> right, Don't fucking tell me, you couldn't that it was just they were getting excited by it's a player, not only were they not getting excited by a player, they were specifically calling out information, you knew to exploit that, and you did so multiple times. So the start of your statement is absolute bullshit. And let me tell you, first of all, understand, a crowd can only get excited by what they're seeing on the big screen, right? So also, observers can play a little bit of a responsibility in this, um, but but well, that's a total separate rabbit hole to go down. But the reality is, first of all, he has started his statement with an appreciable, provable lie. Um, you do not have to scream A to fucking give away information. You just have to react. Now, all the crowd has to do there, just a pregnant pause of expectation. Just a and then huge rapturous applause if they do get it. That's all you have to do. I gave the reference earlier.
1: When you're watching the Australian Open, Listen. If they hit an amazing shot, you can go ooh. But even then, if the if the rally's still going, you keep it low. You wait. That's why they explode when the person wins the point. Because even when they're hitting ten god tier shots, if you overreact, you'll fuck up the, the, the performance. The yeah. guys won't be able to do it. You actually, in the end, what you learn is a little bit of short term restraint gets you a better long term product. So the fans there, to be fair, the fans there average age is going to be way higher. So I get it that they're adults. Yeah. But that's what this is also, by the way, a plight of having teenagers be our fucking core audience at the moment
0: yeah but 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 again it's just like the the, the idea that he's going to try and sell that that was like just a moment of excitement what they got excited no, no. Four fucking times that was one of the most
1: tweet. blatant ones i've ever seen because yeah. he used like, it like put a it this radar. way
0: if you did accidentally cheer the first time he did it your brain must be telling you i better not do that again like the second no, you'd time you feel guilty and then you did it again the third time he did it and then you cheered when he got the fucking kill through by the way it, it, it's unreal aside. nobody can excuse that
1: for anyone who didn't see this on twitter this is a chef's kiss in a half. Mm. Oh, Get that, Wait, Get that amazing. Gift, right. Yeah. Because there was a clip where back at I think it was ESL New York, obviously everyone was crying, like, oh bloody evil Jesus just used in the NA crowd, poor Australis. Yeah. And so this guy says something like well you know every crowd does that and then this guy from denmark replies and he goes like actually you know in the nordic region you know he does and he goes into literally the most like smug fart sucking goddamn like like (laughs) self-aggrandization of himself and his people where he talks about how like they would never cheat that way and you know they have integrity and stuff Mate, this crowd was worse than most of the NA crowds I've heard of. Like, they only had morons who brought a science A A or B. Half the time, they only did the mild crowd radar. This one right here is one of the worst I've ever seen, because that's literally a massive crowd of people who don't give a fuck about the integrity of the game and only want Astralis to win at any costs. i say fuck a crowd like that.
0: Mm. Oh, totally, agreed. And listen, this is a point I brought up on a, on a stream the other day. Um, And I'll sit here for posterity. Like, I I can't think of an event I've attended where a fan has been thrown out. Or if they were asked to leave, they they were banned and, and banned from all subsequent events. Uh, an example of that, I think, would be like the DreamHack one in 2015 when people uh, ran on the stage, the drunk German fans in DreamHack Leipzig okay. or whatever, and they bumped into Yanko uh, when he was doing the desk. And that fan was like asked to leave and told to sober up, but he was allowed back the next day, I think. Um, which is unreal. You violated security. You would get a lifetime ban from all sporting events in most sports if you did that. Um... But then, but then on, on on the top of this, right? The fact that let's just go over some of the incidents. We've had people holding up signs, right? A and B. We've had people calling out positions. We've had people throwing like fucking Mars bars at, at uh, broadcasters. Not, yeah. yeah, like <laughs> at, at what point is a TO going to fucking sack up and throw these cunts out? Listen, guys. Employ me as your fucking head of security. I'll do it my fucking self. I'll come to an event, fucking stab vest on, fucking full puffer jacket like some cunt doorman from fucking Middlesbrough, (laughs) and I'll come round and I'll chuck all these cunts out and I'll fucking, I'll I'll relish it guys, I'll fucking love it like Kevin Keegan, I'll be there, there's a fucking reference no one's gonna get, right, I'll fucking straight do it mate, (laughs) I'll fucking straight do it mate, I'll straight fucking do it, I won't give a fuck, so if you wanna hire me, don't ask if I wanna be a horse next time, ask if I wanna be a fucking bouncer, cause I'll fucking do it mate, cause it's ridiculous that these pencil necked fucking incels are fucking up my (laughs) game, by being cunts, it's ridiculous. And Zipnix has done this mad statement as well. The second thing I don't like about it, the mad pandering it does, should fans not get excited? You can be excited without giving away information. Like in a quiet moment in a play, just be quiet. Plenty of time to cheer. Right? And then the, and then the third thing, his conclusion, as I said, just build better booths. Like, what are we talking about, mate? What are you fucking saying? That's like me saying, like, why haven't we just cured cancer? Why, Why don't we? It's killing people, why don't we just get a cue? Just make like, better cures. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, are you fucking mad? You are mad cunt! It's fucking stupid! It's such a stupid conclusion! You have to do things that defy fucking physics, and then, right? Okay, I'm ESL, I-, I pay like, what, 10 million dollars for some soundproof booth over the course of a year, because I've got to transport it or whatever, and it's the best booth in the fucking business. And it still doesn't stop vibrations, because we can't suspend you in midair. we can't do that. But whatever, we've got the booth, right? Then we get one of those dickhead fans holding up signs. Or Scoot's come up with a brilliant one the other day, Because I, I, and I'll tee off on this now. Chants, right? The crowd could collectively just come up with oh, one, chant sure. in, one chant when the bomb's going in, and one chant when the bomb's going B. Who's going to figure it out? How long would it take? You'd have to sit down and do some post-match analysis on that, and spot the fucking cheats. There could be some secret fan forum that organizes that shit. So... It's it, you have to start with policing the fucking crowd. That's it. That's all there is to it. And let's just throw this out there. Everyone,
1: run everyone who's a TO now. Write down what he just said there, because Nicola Nigham's already fired up. I'm, and fucking I'm kept Pete really quiet, quiet but to, I'll tell you something. He went down in my <laughs> right. estimation. So said... let's
0: let's also just get get to this point, right? ESL, right? I got accused recently of being a secret employee from some deranged fucking lunatic on on Reddit, apparently because I'm revising my views on. You know, I don't want exclusivity, but I don't want a, a, an eSports scene with no revenue streams in it. Um, apparently, I'm a shill. So I'm going to just call you out here, right? Like, and hopefully put put it to bed uh, that I'm not actually secretly on your payroll. I love crowd atmosphere, but can you honestly not figure out how to have a crowd mic'd up when it matters and not have a mic'd up when it don't matter? Cause let me tell you unfortunately there is a lack of self-awareness in the average esports fan that those 10 astralis fans <coughs> didn't figure out that you're not just fucking pissing off everyone in the stadium with let's go astralis! let's go in a four hour series you only have the one chant right you're not just pissing everyone off who's got to sit next to you right you're not being a good fan by that you are being an obnoxious prick by the way i've been going to sports events all my life you would never ever in a world go to a fucking football game and stand there chanting this you'd be fucking thrown out mate you'd be thrown out they'd just say oh he's drunk or something because he's being a cunt they would just throw you out that would be the end of it you couldn't annoy everybody like that but you don't even think about the people at home which by the way that fight that that series one of the most epic series but when i go back and watch the vods man will i have the sound off Man, will I have the sound off. You fucked up a historic moment in Counter-Strike by your own selfish petty need to be front and centre of attention. And let me tell you, you got the attention. I'll say now, all of you fucking fans that were doing that obnoxious chant for four hours straight and couldn't think of at least one other song to break up the monotony, you're a fucking cunt. To a man, all of you. You fucking ruined a historical fucking moment for a team that wasn't yours. And by the way, I noticed you were fucking deathly quiet when the better team won on the day, because you're a glory supporting shitbag. So fuck this. It is getting ridiculous esl get your shit together because not every dickhead with one song you put a mic in front of them what is it x-factor
1: fuck this you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna agree with you on that because here's the thing like especially my boy carmark at esl loves to promote the the sporting angle like, you know there was even chance breaking out I've, I've heard him say that about kind of in the past like oh there was spontaneous chance it was like being at a football match as richard just said Mate, I've been to plenty of football matches, and I've been the ones that actually had real poor people at them. So in theory, esports events aren't paying much money. That's how you know a load of the fans are all 16 to 22. And that, like, they're all just half of them are fucking drunk if they're in some of these events. Because if I went to one of those games and started three-man chanting with my mates, some guy behind me at the fucking ri- Riverside would just go, Oh, he can't, shut up! Yeah, shut up, would, now. Really shut up, sit down. Because he probably fucking smashed your head in. It'd be a yeah. game over all the usher guy would come over and shush yeah you. now listen
0: i'm someone who's on record historically
1: like you can say what the fuck you want you can sing and
0: cheer you can boo opponents you can do all this but you have to understand how obnoxious right the human brain is designed to recoil against repetition have you ever noticed that? So I'm gonna, I'll, I'll, I'll try and explain this very basic concept. We're not designed to do repetitive tasks. Boredom is a thing because of that. It's, it's why having the same sexual partner is that. Oh, a bit of strange. You'd be fucking wicked, wouldn't it? Right? Like, you can't help. I me mean, it's the reason on more why fundamental levels, even current... something as good as getting fucked. Think Gets boring after a while.
1: It's literally the reason why Western civilization basically runs on fucking sugar and caffeine. And then now kids are all getting prescribed to Adderall up their arse. Like, what do you expect? No one likes to just do fucking boring tasks like a robot. Right, so so you you
0: cannot fucking do it. And then, what's one surefire way to fucking annoy somebody in an argument? You just take one phrase and you just repeat it. You ever seen kids do that? Yeah, I know, but what are you? Yeah, I know I am, but what are you? Yeah, I know you are, but what are you? whatever. They fucking just jabber on like fucking Star Scream in fucking Transformers. The Megatron goes, "Fuck this!" Fucking gives him the big elbow or the fucking skull because it, it breaks you psychologically. So what? Like torture technique, torture technique. What mate? Right, they fucking You ever heard of water torture lying down and <laughs> drip a fucking drop on your fucking forehead immediately? Really? Oh, no. so have you ever can't hear fucking water heard water torture, of it? You not not heard it. Of this? <laughs> have you not heard of this? Do you not understand? I'm <laughs> oh, fucking repetition. It's it's just it's... Yeah, like, but serious now, right, those motherfuckers in Guantanamo Bay were watching that fucking ESL thing, oh, man, that yeah, was exactly. bad. At least the only force-fed me a Quran and played Metallica at me at fucking 4am.
1: They've, f- they've started feeding a dense crowds into the fucking Guantanamo Bay. No, le- legit, those ten cunts, I bet the CIA called them up now.
0: You guys are really onto something with this, let's go, Astralis, let's go. Can we can we bring you into the fucking, we, we got a terrorist, we need a fucking break. I'll tell you where well, we the bombs a- are, help me. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we to we did
0: it! It's fucking stop it, guys! Like, just have a bit of fucking self-awareness! Right, I'm done with that. Fuck that material. <laughs> Timestamp it all. <laughs> That's coming soon my show. <laughs> Richard Lewis hates the fans. Guantanamo. Yeah, yeah. Guantanamo beer. <laughs> Could it have been worse? Australis think, yes. Like, I'm just so fucking tapped out with it. And again, it's this co- this culture of pandering to the fans. Those guys should have been fucking told. Talk- you also can just go up to someone and go, can you just dial it down a little bit? Like, we love that you're enthusiastic. We love that you're cheering. But you are just doing the same chant, and there's hundreds of thousands of people at home that are not having a good time because of you. So just vary it up a little bit. Maybe don't say, let's go, Stralis, let's go for 30 minutes. Can we, can we try that, right? And you just, you have to, you cannot just constantly stick a camera in front of these fucking mugs because
1: they fucking, they can't help <coughs> themselves. Oh, it's all about me. there's you! Example. I will say it to be fair. Like, like that was definitely one of the worst crowds. But even at ECS, yeah. the event right before that, there was times where I almost had to mute it. Like, people just going like,
0: hey!
1: just like "What is this? Like, why the fuck I want to hear that one?" Like, Like, remember, this is the thing I hate about that angle. Like I told you of the car back like, Well, look, it's like a sports event. Yeah, but here's the thing, mate. The millions and millions of people aren't at the event. Like we're not all drunk, having a buzzed fucking atmosphere. We're at home trying to watch a really great match. Like I I can't appreciate what's going on there unless it's just background noise. If it's background noise, it's cool. If it's just like, oh, look, the crowd cheers. That's great. When it's specific, like you are saying, it's shit. So I'll actually say this as well. Here's another angle that you could actually do. I know it would be hard to coordinate, but this is when you'll know eSports has grown up. Because mm. in Korea and in traditional football, they've solved this problem, which is I don't want to ruin the moment for you all. But guess what? The Liverpool fans, ah, of them fucking couldn't figure out how to get a top of the fucking... Top off a bottle of cork, mate. They're not. They're not all just spontaneously thinking of wicked songs. There are certain people whose literal job, not literally like their profession, but their job at the game yeah. is they lead the chants. In some of them, they even have a fucking drum or whatever. And what they do is it's like military action. They start a chant off, and then what they do is they cycle through them. They don't just do the same chant over and over again. And I can tell you, in South Korea, this is what's done. All the female fans who go because they support them, like you would a pop idol, they just learn like right. If I'm in this group, we before the game, and then I see who the leader is. And the person at the front section just starts the chant off, like, you know, let's all change the SKT, whatever. And then you, you know, you do it like that. So in the future, I hope when eSports matures, we'll have something equivalent to that. Like, if it's a game that's in a Denmark, Astralis has a fan club leader who's like, right, everyone, you know, like I'm, we're gonna what, listen to the guy when he leads the channel, whatever. Like, that would actually be a real thing. You think could about do it. cologne. Just think about cologne. What
0: a wicked atmosphere. No one complained once. The crowd was fucking electric. It's like, I, I don't know if there's just some sort of common. Like, maybe it was because this crowd was smaller, right? So, you know, it's easier to be disruptive in a, in a smaller okay. crowd. But, like, fuck those 10 Australis fans, man. For real. Like, fuck them forever. Fuck them forever. I want one of them to put a post up on Reddit just fucking apologizing to me. Just apologize <laughs> to me for having to listen to your shit chant for fucking four hours in one of the best series of the year, you fucking plums. It's ridiculous, mate. But. Again, like I say, just surely we have the tech now. You can just fucking dial that alright Right, let's yeah. let's go through all this again. Just dial
1: it. Down. If you're the producer, just have a bit of self awareness know. on that one, mate. Yeah, exactly. Like, just turn them off.
0: Right, um let's do some uh, quick uh, roster hits. Uh, what have we got going on? um I think the one I wanted to talk about was obviously uh, this Gen G. A whole lineup now i know i'm gonna gloss over because again reddit are fucking idiots this gen g lineup sort of come out um and they they lost to uh, a sort of pickup team um in a i think it was the Katavita qualifiers um, they lost to the team that had, like, Sabrosa on and and, um, and whatnot. And everyone was... And it was, it was just the best of one. And everyone was going, LOL, lol fucking GNG. Like, get me out. Right, first no, of all, a, a team that hasn't got its fully confirmed fifth yet playing against... It's basically pick-up two pickups. On train. <laughs> yeah, Two essentially two pickup teams on train. One of them 16, won. Lol. Yeah, <laughs> LOL. Yeah, exactly. One team must lose. <laughs> also, mate,
1: if, if Reddit want to talk brilliant. about people like me and you, right. like, you know, hot yeah. team. Oh, and changing man. our mind stuff, and you're going on best of ones like you're losing your job. One, <laughs> like, literally, how bad are some of these people? Like, you sit down, like, well, I'm looking forward to seeing this team. They've lost one, no. Get them out! Get them out! The yeah, I know.
0: Like, I've never seen such
1: reactionary <laughs> Fire fucking. Fire the whole team! What are you? The fu- Is this like that story where, like, years and years ago, supposedly I think it was like the team from Iran or something in football went and they like lost in the fucking I don't know, qualifier for the World Cup, and then there was some story that they got like flogged when they got home or something. Like, y'all are fucking expecting too much here, boys. One game.
0: Yeah, I know. But um, I'll I'll just say this. Uh, the obviously so Cloud Nine. Um, you know, cut cut their roster loose and it is being talked about they might be signing the um south african team atk that we just talked about um but uh gen g obviously coming into cs for the first time i think um they've they've put this team together and so far the confirmed roster is automatic so he's out of the cloud nine prison might be in another prison we'll wait and see daps as igl coaster and then the two pickups that we assume they're going to get they've had some uh, Some is a player that's <coughs> obviously been out there for a, for a while, uh, I think formerly in Complexity. Um, and has sort of been touted as a, a, a great talent, but sort of hasn't had the opportunities to prove that one way or the other, uh, despite looking great in, you know, pickup games and when he's streaming. And then super interestingly, Bentet might be finally getting out to Tai Lou and playing on this roster in, in the U.S. I don't know if that's visa-dependent. I don't know if the deal's been done. I don't have any of the particulars in regards to that. But overall, like, listen, I shouldn't get excited by this lineup at all, because it's like gamble, 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 gamble. There's something I like about it. There's something I really like about this lineup and and the potential that it has, Um, especially given it's reminiscent of NRG in the sense that these are young players, people that haven't had an opportunity to play with each other, and, and we've all seen what DAPS can do. With a team like that. Now, I don't think they're going to be world beaters. I don't think they're going to, like, be winning tournaments. I definitely think this is a team that if they fucking go off, they'll, they'll catch some motherfuckers cold. Like, they got upset team written all over them. And I'm very interested in seeing how Bentet does out of Asia. And uh, in particular, how Som um, is going to blossom, if
1: indeed he is. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, for people who don't remember this detail, because it's one I always used to stress every time we talked about Tyloom, the upside of the team. As far as I'm aware, Ben Tech does not speak Mandarin Chinese. He was even the IGL of the fucking team at one point in time. So his teammates and people like somebody, by the way, barely speak any English whatsoever. So they were literally essentially not being able to communicate while doing shit like almost winning that CSGO Asia championship back in the day, winning ridiculous maps of people. So Ben Tet's a player I've always wanted to see unleashed in like an NA team. It seems like so, I tweeted at the CSC. It's like, I'd love to see this guy get his chance because individually, he's a fucking banger. He's a really good player. Seems to have even good game sense to go with high mechanical skill. So I love that angle. That's a brilliant gamble to take. Remember, that's not the way we initially heard the roster. We just heard initially they've signed like the, the cloud nine three. When I heard that, especially because Coast is one of them, yeah, listen, automatic he's fallen off now, but he was very good, but he's fallen off now. And Daps was never a big fragger anyway. You just needed to give him good pieces. So when I first heard that, my initial reaction was like, How the fuck has cloud? Cloud nine must be the most friends ever that they've tricked fucking gen g and taking these players off their hands for a big payoff. But then again, I saw cloud nine signed, So maybe not maybe the maybe the cycle of maybe maybe all CS is a fucking Ponzi scheme at this point in time. So anyway, then we saw the whole thing of like they're gonna maybe have the SOM guy. It's like, all right. I mean, I guess I could see him having a chance like, you know, didn't play in many teams only played a little bit online. Fair enough. Give him a shot. The Bentec one though makes, this is what makes all the difference. Because I really think that's a huge X factor. That's a guy who could become a very good player. And at that point in time, if Automatt can get even like 70% of his form, Daps does his job, and you have Bentec going off, you've already got a team in NA that can already be a challenger among the among the top NA teams. You could be the third or fourth yeah. best NA team. The big problem is, like, <sighs> Kuster is one of the biggest check stealers I've ever seen in the modern day of Counter-Strike. Like, he just hasn't done anything. What has he done? What has he actually done in the last three years or something? Nothing, literally nothing. He was fucking shit, even when he was on Ghost with a player that's banned and then players that probably cheat. That's <laughs> enough said. I don't give a fuck, mate. I said <laughs> probably. I said the word probably to be fair, like you know. I just said you know, uh, done so to my I head. Knew I, was, I knew I was yeah, lighting like, the fucking torch, you know, really? to my head. But talking, I'm just completely out what? on SOMs a question mark. Like I said, you're right. Everyone's a question mark to a differing degree. Just yeah. the problem mate, and the problem with that is unlike when carrigan got his mouse sports lineup it's very rare that all the questions get answered usually you know one question like for example in this team maybe venter is just super insanely good but the others fail maybe som turns out to actually be better than we expected but then Cooster never gets it together and form tom's not that great so i agree with you on one level, there's certainly things to be excited about. By the way, this is a hundred times more exciting than some of the Cloud Nine lineups and the fucking Envy lineups, well, the dot lineups. So you just think, why are they fucking bother? But I will say, it's like if Gen G imagined they'd bought a team that's going to make like top eight at the major or something, think, think again, mate. Think fucking again.
0: Well, I mean, speaking of Cloud Nine, I guess we just move on. Um, why not? Yeah. The, the ATK potential sign-up. So ATK was the team we talked about earlier, you know, had that fucking um, upset against G2 uh it, this, let me uh, take 12... this one
1: first because i've got to say yeah. this
0: no we, jump in yeah
1: we can't in good conscience roast renegades for picking up just an even worse australian team and just be not not showing any signs oh, of wanting dude, to I'm... compete where renegades I had my
0: roasting equipment ready and man. get you
1: cloud nine on. and go this is cool all those people out there i won't say by name but just go on twitter you'll see them all those people are like great i'm glad to see this team get a chance you know what mate i agree with you I'd like to see this team get a chance. I'd like to see them go to more lands. Because I've only seen one motherfucking land from this lineup and a bunch of online qualifiers. And at the LAN, what deep finish did they get? Did I mistake them going top four and beating... No, they just beat G2. All right, my bad. What the fuck are we talking about? Oh, they beat North. That's not an accomplishment in a best of three. They're like a best of one team anyway. So the idea that you pick up this team, this is such a ridiculous jumping of the gun. And this is my problem it's not my problem if Envy picks up this team, ATK. It's not even my problem if the new Gen G team just didn't know anything and they picked up this team, all like, hey, let's check up one, right? Cloud9, your name is Cloud9. You won the fucking major only three majors ago. And before that, you always had a perennial contender usually if not on the outskirts like a solid dark horse with the best na players or at least like among the top 10 na players what the fuck is this team this team is a joke like i'm sorry this is not a team that's going to with this five-man lineup do great things like your best case scenario is the odd it's like this team's actually on the level of the fucking new renegade squad they're not gonna go to these big finishes. Like, I don't know what potential people think they're seeing. I get that they're happy for those players and the storyline that they came from South Africa and that they're pirated, yeah, but that's making, all brilliant. It, yeah, make that's all cloud brilliant. Nine. Yep. So yep. unless Cloud9 is incredibly cynical and they have done what I would hope, which is sign this team and strip it bare and keep like two, three players that make sense, start bringing in stars, wait for EG Your team Likudov. If you're doing that fair play, maybe it's like a, a ten, 10 move chess approach. But if this is the move that you think this team is good, then I think Cloud Nine sucks as an organization at picking up talent. What the fuck is this? Yeah, so underwhelming, I, impossibly underwhelming.
0: No, I I didn't think I didn't think it was possible that they could have like disappointed me more than the last roster. Which oh, at least absolutely. you had some players that had like story. Like I, I like this Sonic guy um, from South Africa. I've seen him play quite a bit in various lineups and stuff, and I think. Um, I think he's like pretty, uh, pretty good.
1: I believe he was um, the best in that Bravado team or whatever. Yeah, know.
0: like back back in Bravado and whatnot. Like I I, I, I like that guy. He definitely deserves a shot at an international lineup. Rest of it, I'm not fucking sold on at all. And this is the thing, like what you say when you do this is you say Cloud Nine are not top. We're not top tier anymore. We're not top shelf. Like we're not number one. We're we're not even going to be coming close to that. We're not even competing. New organizations that are entering the spec like. I'd have been more excited if they'd picked up the Gen G lineup for Mate, Nine, like. at the same no joke. what I'm a bad look unproven. it is.
1: What a bad look it is that at the exact same time, OG, who is essentially, by the way, parlaying the fact that their team won Dota 2 championships into them yep. being a big org. Not a big org at all, by the way. I'll yeah, even tell you, here's a little gem for everyone. The whole reason why that deal took forever is because they were just lowballing motherfuckers all day long. Oh, they yeah, weren't coming it. in with big money bags like everyone hopes. So Cloud9... If you're not even in the mix for a team like that, full of vets, legends, up and coming what are you in the t- in the market for? Sorry, I meant in the-, the market for. What the fuck are you? It, you're a budget org, are you? But yeah, but that, that
0: that's where we're at right now. Like, I, I don't know if something's happened. <coughs> I don't know if Jack's, like, got really disillusioned with Clan. I almost... I, I might... Like, I'm gonna call him. I, I'm gonna hit him up and say, like, listen, me and you need to have a sit down and thrash this out publicly, because I, I, I've got to know, like, and I think the people have got to know what you're thinking is here. And obviously, he might not give me honest answers, but I'll I'll grill him if he's down for it, because there there it makes no sense. It just... None of this makes sense. You said... You you said you still cared about Counter Strike. You said, "Cloud, I'm going to stay in Counter Strike." We called that you were cutting this roster when you said that, so we expected something big. You've picked up an NA South African mix that's done nothing. You wanna you won a major, you know, last year. This is the the fall from grace for Cloud Nine is ridiculous, and I, I'm worried. I think he's been spending too much time in the mix with these like fucking you know activision blizzard suck-ups like the or the endless hey look it's definitely we got a, a different twi-
1: crowd isn't it
0: yeah we've got a 20 million dollar franchise so we can secure 40 million of venture capitalist funding why is it worth 20 million dollars no one knows activision blizzard said so we just have to we just have to once you start getting in that world and you stop thinking about the actual nuts and bolts of what real esports is like this I, i think you're inclined to make decisions like this i think you go budget i think you go cynical i think you throw it out there just so you can hit your deliverables for your brands these cunts are just walking billboards you've got no Inclint, you know you, there's no chance of these guys winning a tournament none at all like none not even the tier 2 or the tier 3 which i'm sure you will send them to which by the way what's the point um so th- this this to me is like utter surrender from cloud nine to as, as a top tier organization in counter strike it's that's why no, I don't. No, no disrespect to the players, but it's just <clears throat>
1: reality. Here. Like I said before, that's why I don't get the angle that people hyped the G two in. I know it's because the context, the contrast of G two going almost and beating Astralis and then coming down and losing made it G two look good. But who said G two was good? Where well, did I miss that meeting? <laughs> like, as far as I know, everyone thinks G2 is, like, an experiment they didn't work. Yeah, it's got like, problems, yeah. Yeah, like, no one was bigger than them. Like, it's not even like, they, like, they essentially, they did nothing. I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. They didn't. Relative to their level, they did a lot. But that's the point. Their level was, so, their expectations were so incredibly low, that beating G2 and still losing a map and getting wrecked by them on one map, was like, oh, my God, is this possible? Like, get me the fuck out. I know. That's garbage. Yeah,
0: it's 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 real bad. I mean again, this'll be one of these things where Clar Nine will take these clips if they if they do come good somehow and, and win tournaments, but I just think they're not, they're just, so I'm not worried about off. that particular. Yeah, here. That's no, like that one this, that people, this one do. feels very safe. doesn't I'll it? tell you
1: one of my favourite fan moves, right? Because I think it's literally an example of someone thinking they're being smart or funny, but saying what's almost the dumbest thing you can say is sometimes people make a Reddit comment, right? Where when I say, for example, like, oh, you know, TSM will never win Worlds or whatever in League of Legends, they'll be like, lol, can you imagine his face if they did though? It's like, mate, think about what you're saying. Reality would have to change so much. I may as well do that joke of like, are we still humans? Do we breathe air in this? Reality? Like, what are you talking about? Well, imagine what? What well, imagine if for one moment, every other aspect of the world was the same, so it could be funny and you could enjoy this moment, but somehow, inexplicably, the laws of physics, time and space change so that TSM just wins world. Like, what are you talking about? You're just making up shit fantasy. If that's the limit, by the way, of your fantasies, like, just be a bit more imaginative, for fuck's sake. Make them just win everything. Why just win one world? Give me a break.
0: Get me out. Um, anyway, uh, this was breaking news while we were doing the show. MIBR uh, have confirmed that Lucas is out. Um, and uh, they've decided to bring in the 17-year-old Argentinian called Mayern.
1: Okay, he was um, on Sharks.
0: Yeah. So they brought him in uh apparently it's fully confirmed um kind of weird uh to be honest like listen the the kid looks decent no doubt about it i think this is again proof that mibr can't get the fury, guys (laughs) they they simply cannot They, they it's obvious they want it's obvious to me fallen once young players he can mold and, and, and by the way pulls off another cold zero more just so
1: people don't think there's a connection this isn't the same as cloud nine getting bad players mibr yeah. even has the money it's just some of these players cannot essentially leave it's 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 actually a mad situation
0: yeah um but this is again especially weird. They get that old Brazil land. The the idea, by the way, famously, because I know people think that I don't like Brazil, uh, which couldn't be further from the truth, because I I love Brazilian history and Brazilian culture. Obviously, and, football as
1: well. You know all the good shit. Yeah,
0: no, but I mean like. Uh, read all about the history of it and the cultural significance. Even like I say, I, I made a reference on the last podcast. You know when like Sepultura went and did did the yeah. fucking album Roots, where they literally went to the fucking rainforests and made an album with a fucking try. Like all that stuff's fucking straight fire. I love all that shit. Um, but but uh, so historically, the idea of an Argentinian playing on am I made it in Brazil? It's obviously, there's there's a huge the biggest rivalry, rivalry ever there yeah, and it's not just you know historically, it go it's it permeates through everything. you know, it's um it's it's football. it's 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 every, you know, all of the big um sort of cultural touchstones in in Brazil. Um, so that's interesting. and i I, I just wonder, like if you ever you were going to put pressure on a kid, um I think this is like as high pressure a pickup I think I've seen. um you know, for a seventeen year old to come into a team. With some legendary players in playing in a all Brazil lineup, remember obviously they don't speak the same language. You know, just to make that abundantly clear. Um, I think this is, uh, uh, yeah, I think I think it's a tough environment for the kid, and I, I, I I'm I'm worried for his development here because yes, I'm sure he will absolutely defer and learn from Fallen, but we all know playing for MIBR. There's a that's bit a more to shallots, it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. There's a bit more to it than just you playing with these great players. It's there's a culture there, there's a history there, there's a very difficult fan base to deal with if you underperform and cost them a series. And with everything that's going on, especially now, you're going to be playing on home what is home soil for the org, but not for you. Uh, with the announcement of the major, yeah, it's, it, it, this is a tough one. He's a fantastic talent. He's a he's a great player, but. I don't know if this is the team i don't know if this is the move for him i've got some i've got some worries all right, someone in the all, chat says apparently he does speak portuguese so maybe oh, the language enough, thing
1: maybe the language
0: thing won't be well um, see, won't, I, that, that be was the
1: different. one angle i was going to go with and mm. i was going to say at the beginning i obviously know fuck all about languages but i did actually do pretty well in spanish at school haha <laughs> you whatever so all i would say is this as far as i know like the language is like i think it's like 70 or 80 percent the same but the difference is the accent is different and crucially i'll tell you one thing as someone who did do spanish that is fucking hard is if you go slowly and go like i and then you go slowly i could understand that if you put it on text yeah. i couldn't but i tell you what i i once tried watching a spanish movie i couldn't get anything there nothing they were speaking so oh, fast they, they, so that's the they problem talk rapid
0: mate even yeah. if Cause, someone cause you just do put, it's like yeah. when yeah it's like <coughs> the northerners like get fucking pissed we, we've, had a, we've had so a i could have totally seen in
1: that them. scenario it, like obviously apparently there isn't a language problem but if there had have been the fact that they're vaguely close wouldn't matter it's the reason why famously like people who are swedish say they can't understand danish people sometimes if it's written they can understand it they say like enough of it's similar you know so yeah. i'll say that angle if that's not a big deal fair enough then i'll just show on the other side like like i said joining for mibi is a bloody poison chalice like it's like fallen's like fucking blue beard and then when you join the team he goes right you can have the full run of these entire facilities but don't ever go in that one room over the- what, what's in that room? Run- no don't listen you trust me don't you i want not made just don't go in that <laughs> room. so when you go in there there's just fucking bolts his head on the wall there's like the remains of phelps which has been twice brought through and just blood everywhere there's fucking like lucas one's like barely even departed from there his ghost is still in there. like fucking hell give me a break like like it, it's they've become the new nip in that sense because they also know yeah, they it, just let, they just let you get scapegoated on the way out they it, nah,
0: it, the way. It, it, it's spot on there it is and and listen the, the did did anyone like is anyone going to remember lucas's contribution to MIPR, no. by the way like it's like i've already forgot who the fuck he is like it's just, did you? I Like literally, I guarantee you, in a year, if we're still doing this, um, like, and you would say, "Oh," and it was this. Do you remember when MIBR played with that fifth guy? Who was, I won't be able to tell you. Lucas ever played for this team? He did fuck all. He did fuck all. He came. He was boring. He was mediocre. He and and, and then he left. <laughs> like great, cool story. Like it just makes no sense uh
1: whatsoever um thing is though i've said this every time we've done the right maybe for the last year and a half yeah i actually do feel for them i think they're in a really tough spot because almost every other top team in their region can get the young talent that's listen if you can't get the best players which what you should get when you've got the money of alls in the mibr as you at least want the best talent like give me at least the fucking up-and-coming guy and i can shape him mibr can't even get those players like those players are off limit that's fucking brutal
0: Tell you what, like, if I, might, if I was a better man, I'd have a cheeky flutter on
1: and winning the major, though. I just Why? think everyone will be shook as fuck. Mate, I'm surprised. I'll be amazed if they even have a five man lineup for a major. <laughs> These motherfuckers are a major. I heard, the I heard that
0: they don't matter. I heard that they don't matter. Follow me not telling me that majors don't matter. But now you've got one in Brazil. I bet he's going to be saying the major is the best thing ever. Leave. <sighs> oh please never change the only time right, you'll anyway... ever
1: hear me say majors don't matter is when i'm talking about space souls get donked on bitch
0: <laughs> totally unnecessary shot at doesn't that doesn't even exist off. anymore you, <laughs> you, you sort of won that one <laughs> whatever i win
1: that one major i win that one
0: <laughs> ah, i won the mams Right, anyway let's do um let's do uh patron <clears throat> questions for those who are new to the show if you're chipping $50, because uh, we're just bleeding every motherfucker dry for some reason, uh, you can ask a question and shape the show. No, we don't take questions from the chat. Fuck you, guys. You've got to be a hard-paying customer. But you do get to shape the show, and we do answer them all. So just letting you know. Uh, Jerky's Minion says, Since the year is running on its end, uh, what has been the best moment in CS for you this year? Ugh,
1: so, that's really hard. Nah, I can I go with this one. This is an easy on one for yours? Because here's the thing. I, people will expect me to say Team Liquid's epic run, like all that. You know what? That was amazing. But the mm-hmm. problem is the context of why that didn't become the clear-cut and most amazing moment. Is the way Astralis resurrected like fucking Jesus on the third day, bet- I'll always point this out because everyone forgets it. It's always <laughs> Jesus.
0: Listen, to go to
1: reference, a lot of people know it. it's no, big no, in South he's America. Guy. <laughs> so, no, the key thing is they the people always forget this. They didn't start the major that strong either. They lost to fucking mm-hmm. the NRG squad, they lost to fucking Mattis crazy, but it's their miracle run where they went from being still a shaky enough team to the playoffs where they've never looked back since, and they haven't been peak Astralis. But I tell you what, they don't need to be. They're still the best team in the world. And so the way they won that major 2-0 over everyone, including two teams that looked like they absolutely could have beaten them. That was unbelievable. I don't think I've ever seen it. And crucially, they've now entered the status with, I think, even beyond Virtus.pro because Pro used to come back to life, but it's like they won the major after that. The idea that you win, remember, no one in history has even won as a five-man lineup three majors. So that already was insane. The idea you do it after your era, when you went off and you let your, your rival become the best, like that's, that's just so impossible. It's one of those ones where, to use the cliche, like you wouldn't believe it in a movie. I would go, fuck off, right? It's like, that's so whack that you make that the story. Like, you know, make them come close and I mean, make them come top four or something. Like, the idea you actually then win it and become the best again, it defies, it defies everything that we know about Counter-Strike. So I, I have to pick that as my moment of the year.
0: Yeah, it's a fucking tough one for me, man, because, like, you know, I want to pick out, like, individual players, but it's, like, a a question you need to be so prepped for, and I don't want to sell jerky short by not being able to answer it, so I don't know if I might just fucking throw out some fucking bullshit. Um, I, fuck, man, like, that's, like, some recency bias. Because, obviously, I'm, so, I'm a fucking Carrigan fanboy deep down as well. So course, seeing him get all isn't? teared up, win this fucking tournament, right, it's fucking sick. Um, that that, that fucking, okay,
1: here's, here's one. That's a that legit one. contender, by the way, that run from mouse Oh, course. yeah, I know.
0: Obviously, you feel a bit of recency bias with it, but, you know.
1: No, but um, even the stats, like, put it this yeah. way, you know they were two rounds from beating Team Liquid. If they'd have won that mm. match, they would have beaten the top four teams in the, row, in the world in series in a row, or something mental like that. <laughs> yeah what do you want work. like that is yeah, movie don't... level shit
0: yeah for sure so there's that i mean there was ziwoo's first professional tournament where he just fucking i can't remember which one it was he rocked up and just smashed everybody there's like so many great moments from that um oh, man fuck it's hard it's hard
1: what about when phase won that blast pro <laughs> <laughs> yeah it
0: wouldn't it wouldn't be that it definitely wouldn't be that um Anyway, fuck that question, Jerky. I love you. Right, uh, but Pounder420, uh, who is your favourite porn star? There we go. Can't answer that, really. Uh, mate, I'm, I'm into all the old boomer porn stars anyway. Like, oh, my fucking porn stars are fucking l- long out the game now. Like, so, Here's
1: the thing. I, mean? uh, I do love what? Riley
0: Reid. <coughs> She's fucking, I still love her, man. She's great. She's. I follow her on Twitter. But again, I actually do follow a lot of porn um, and adult act- actors and actresses on Twitter. And like, I occasionally get DMs from like weirdos who go, oh, see, you follow this fucking porn star? Like, yeah. Aha, you follow a gay porn star. Yeah, his tweets straight fire. Look at this shit. Like, what, what do you want? Like, it's Twitter. Like, I don't, does everyone I follow have to be like Noam Chomsky or something? Why can't I follow someone who's good at sucking dick? Like, what's the problem? Like, why is everyone mental? I don't know. Right. But I've got I, I get that message a lot. First of yeah, all, go on then. I'm dreading this. Fucking you're this out of your
1: motherfucking mind thinking <laughs> you're going to trick me into telling you my sexual kinks on a fucking CS. But I don't care how much you paid to the Patreon, mate. That, you're never going to get me on that. So I'm not going to say the porn star, then you just go and look what style of shit she's in. Into now, what I will say is this I'll give you an answer, and it's a good one. But if not do it, I'll preface it. it by saying I'm into some oh, sick, shit. This is, but here's one that is. But here's the thing this is just someone who's legit, and it's purely normal. But I'll preface it by saying one thing. I'm not gonna go into why, but I have actually sort of started to distance myself from that world. And quite frankly, I'm, fi- I'm enjoying the results so far. I've actually found it actually is beneficial to my work ethic, my concentration in life. I find that actually has been beneficial. I know it sounds like a meme. And the whole like no fat thing is ridiculous. Like they try to make it sound like you're fucking transforming. Are you,
0: the- are you, tell- are you telling me you did No Not <clears> November? <throat>
1: No, 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 but in general, I have like yeah, no. definitely moved away from all that area, and I'm just not as interested now. and I found it's it is just I think it's just a, it's first Corinthians one thirteen when I was a child. I played childish things. I spoke like a child. now I no longer do that. I'm hoping. But, but with that said, I'll give you an example Good of you'll think this is a boomer. But I tell you what, this is a boomer in the same way as like fucking Alan is a boomer. Yeah, he's a straight fire player though. He could play in any era. So you ready? This porn star, star could get down in any era. And that's going to yeah. be the often miss uh, miss called Heather Brooke. Uh, that's actually from a video where there was two of them. And there was a girl called Brooke and one called Heather. She was the woman who did that site called iDeepthroat.com. And she's fucking unreal. She's one of the old classics. And all she did is just give her man the fucking time of his life every time. She was unreal, mate. She was... G- She's as good as any that I lived to this day. She was a titan <laughs> of her time. She was the pellet of sucking that dick. <laughs> That's the end of the show. Go you to know, the next question. <laughs> the thing is, as well? That wasn't even his question. I know. <laughs> <laughs> he
0: said. He, he, well, said uh, he said, "When do not peak set up their studios? Will you come back to broadcasting if desk, desk segments start being hosted?" I, I would absolutely. I'd go and work for. Do I'll be real.
1: Studios. You know, so what? only just a hop, skip, and a jump for me i know we're supposed to go i love Scoots and alchemists and there, uh, you know i support them and everything they do you know i make that joke like y'all cheer when i don't wait, do majors can't wait
0: to see this <coughs> get burned
1: down go on then don't hit me with y'all, it. y'all cheer when i don't do majors because you go brilliant the no majors club i go you mean the no money club what the fuck are you talking about i would get you know the dairy i'm on now you idiot i'm giving up a lot to get now and just talk shite like so the problem is this i love doing a hmm. peak but they're not going to be paying me any sick event dairy anytime soon. So unfortunately, I would potentially go out there in my downtime and do something and see those guys and they're cool and work on projects for the love of the game. The idea we're going to do whole events, unless they're going to get some big time sponsoring, which I don't I, quite frankly, I don't know what their business plans. So I don't know if that is even the model they're going for like the Dota 2 approach. If they could do it, yeah, I'd be in but like, it, it costs a lot to get talent nowadays. It's a big deal and the problem is i already i know no one believes this because they're idiots i already turned down events as richard does so in this scenario like if i'm turning down an event where i could literally get paid like fucking 8k by someone to do a good set of teams what's the odds i'm going to go for free and do this except if i'm doing it as a half holiday you know mm. at this point in time it's just not feasible
0: i mean like <laughs> me like I said because it's only just the next day that's all, also different it's like, yeah it's like a 45 minute flight for me you know just be like all right fuck it I'll come down and do it. But, you know, obviously I still want to get some paper, but I'll, I'll do mates rates. And it, 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 the interesting thing is I think they are talking about like, you know, doing remote segments and then. now like, that would being, be interesting. I've always yeah, been, yeah, you beam been the segment that, right? in, so it's a big event, but exactly like, just there. Yeah.
1: That's something I've been interested in because again, yeah. I would say this, like, I know if you watch Instagram or every pro player in the fucking world's in business class on every long haul flight, I'm not. They're not putting me in there, mate. I'm still sat with my knees against the back of that guy in the front, and then a the kid behind me. And I don't give a fuck anymore, mate. They do it. They knock on my chair even twice. I just turn around. And I say to the dad or something like, "Sort your kid out." I'm gonna fucking tell the flight attendant now. And I turn back round. Put on that fucking straight fire <laughs> Kanye Yandy album. You start listening on there, <laughs> and wait for that little uh, shit to get it together. No, uh, <laughs> uh,
0: listen. Uh... My views on that are well documented in, <coughs> in the podcast, like, f- it's ridiculous. Again, it's just the height of selfishness, like, it's just so outrageous, like... You know, it's mad Yeah, your playground in the sky, so we all have to fucking suffer, right? Not the kid, I mean the parents. Okay? Yeah, of course. Kids can't help it, can they? Uh, anyway, um, any funny stories about the French scene? Uh, this is some mid Raisins. Any funny so- stories about the French scene back when they were good earlier in CSGO? I'll give you a real old school fucking story that, no, I'm, we never told this on the podcast before. So it's uh, it's old school. Uh, it's uh, from Counter Strike Source. So obviously, at this point, right, Very Games were the were the best team in the world. Now I think it was when it was were v- Very Games, but it could have been the brief period where they were with Nameless. I'm not too sure. We were at this was Copenhagen Games 2010. It was the first. I think it was the inaugural Copenhagen Games. And uh, anyway, there was this Australian team that went out there. And that was formed by the old guard from like the Sydney Underground did, Boomzer, Tags, you know these guys. And uh, anyway, um, fucking Boomzer was like a big drinking, big lad, and um, he was like fucking, you know, really gregarious, liked to do all the interviews and stuff, you know, super cool guy. He's still working in esports now, I think. And uh, anyway, they had to play the fucking French boys, right? And he, he, they, the French boys back then. Thinking about it, I think it might have been nameless. They used to turn up in fucking suits to these, <laughs> like, and this isn't no joke. It was like KRL, fucking RPK, and they, they used to have like shirts and jackets. And they used to dress a bit smart. And it's like, you come into a fucking event, like you know, we're all fucking sat in our fucking, you know, three quarter shorts, beer hanging out, like you know, and you're fucking coming dressed like that. So, boomzer did this, um, interview, right where he said, uh, and it went up on Cadre or whatever, and he said, um, somebody asked him, because I didn't do this one, like, what do you think about, you know, you've got to play very games on Nameless or whoever it was in the next uh, round. Like, what do you think about them wearing suits? I don't even know how that come up. And Booms just said, I think it's great. Like, when you see RPK come in um, and he's all smart and he's the best player in the world, it's a lot better than being a fat mess that smells of balls. That was the quote, right? Oh, but man. RPK's English weren't so good. So he thought he was saying he,
1: fat mess he thought balls, Booms right? had said
0: RPK is a fat mess that smells of balls. So RPK, and to be honest,
1: back... no one had even smelled RPK that time. <laughs> the old classics are always the best. Time. They keep going, right?
0: <laughs> no. So rpk because he used to have a nickname back in the day they used to call him the fucking godfather because obviously he's he's got that kind of pit bull kind of features like brando had in in the movie but also he's meant to be a guy who's like you don't fuck around with him like you don't take no nonsense but booms is a big fucking australian who was probably drinking all fucking day because that's just how he used to roll so they end anyway this whole fucking shambles happened over a complete fucking misquote people squaring up to each other i've never seen rpk so fucking livid i thought he was just gonna fucking 1v5 him um and then i we had to explain like oh no he was actually paying you a fucking compliment he still weren't happy with that he fucking stormed off anyway they played the game and banged him out 16 fucking four and rbk was there like you know fucking giving it that so just saying you got to be careful <laughs> when you when you're trying to pay people compliments in esports so there you go don't know if you've got a fucking uh, french scene
1: i'm trying like to think of ones that are legit to tell though, because obviously you don't want to reveal too much stuff behind this true well, is, is another fucking
0: 11. Right, I'll give you
1: one, one then, because here's the Sixer one Sixer was the
0: top 10 ranked playback. That's a pretty good one. <laughs> Ten years
1: no, away. I'll give you one here, because here's the thing. In this one, the person saying something to me doesn't actually seem that bad. I'm the villain of this story. I'm the one who's the asshole who gets shown up. Okay? Yeah, okay. So, at an event, I'm off the top of my head, I'm going to say Dreamhack Masters Malmo 2016, the first one they did where at the time, G2, if you remember, they, this is when they'd just gone mad with shocks and scream and they were banging everyone out. But already you could see Smiths was like a problem in that team because the other two were so absurdly good. And then RPK and Body did their jobs. And there was one guy, it was like the Na'Vi situation. It was like, mate, we can already win to tournaments. If we have a different guy instead of fucking Smiths, fucking hell, we're going to be like the best team in the world. So everyone in the world was thinking that. Everyone was seeing I, Actually, I think I've got the timing wrong. I think they had that lineup, but I think this is when... I think that was the first tournament after they kicked existence. They were on this run afterwards. But anyway, Smiths himself wasn't good in this team, right? And what happened was at this event, I was just, sat, I was stood with like Semler, a few other people, and Shox came over because he knows Semler and me, you know, a bunch of people from the beginning of CS4. Yeah, yeah. And he comes over and they're all having a cigarette, just talking, you know. And then Shox said something. Like at the time he'd complained, you know, he had like RSI or something. Like he was like, oh, I've got like RSI in my thing. And I just, and I like it in my own inimitable fashion, just said, why not just have Smiths do that? They used to be doing something in the team. And then Shocks actually just said it's one of the only times anyone's ever actually got to me in this way. Because normally I banter him out, whatever they say. But he just turns to me and he goes like, can you have some respect? Like, you know, he is a uh, yes, he, he is trying, he has said, uh... no, dad, I can't remember what else he said. But basically, it's one of the few moments I was actually like, fair enough. Yeah, I apologize. For <laughs> yeah you had the tip you had to the like, but then i can't yeah. lie when he went away i did just think like should do some like you fucking wank, <laughs> 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 whatever you know it's even legends you know whatever whatever you know it is. Nah, like the, the, the french and League, was the french i wrong was smith's in fact shit or not over that year i'll leave it to the jury yeah, to decide yeah but uh no the, the french
0: League, the, the, those were always good guys there was like a ton of stories coming out there the invention of the shocks Red bull like just all these like oh, some things, amazing but, ones yeah. yeah no like one day like the tell-all book oh yeah script. Put it this way. People
1: don't know this. But in the modern day, no one will ever be able to live the way that that envious lineup did. But here's the cool thing they were like fucking, they were like Oasis. They were like the last of the great dinosaurs. They were the last rock and roll fucking team that really played like, like this, like when you hear about 70s football teams that were like winning the championship and all getting pissed on the night and stuff like, like they were on that level. And so, in a way, as much as you do think, well, couldn't they have accomplished more on the, on another level, you just think, what a fucking brilliant story
0: oh yeah you have to you have to admire it yeah like there's something in you when you see someone so talented but they don't adhere the rules and they still win shit anyway you know like george best factor or whatever but we all know that story ends and it's with a second liver so be careful
1: and he one too many shocks red Bull's himself the one i heard i
0: heard george best tried to shocks you red bull that's what killed him the second time like when he's fucking he goes wrecked his second
1: liver what he pussy little fucking alcohol (laughs) pop or something get out get that red bull out of there
0: anyway um Dubs, what's the most emotional or incredible esports moment you've witnessed live boston mid is definitely up there for me (sighs) off the top of my head but again you see that's across all games i've seen some insane shit.
1: there's a couple i'll try and i'll try and think as i'm doing them if i can think of one i'll tell you one right now was you know what this is a weird one because this is like a personal story but if people don't know of the pro players, one of the players I've always had a very strong connection with is Kenny S and behind the scenes is one of the people I've actually had a lot of like heart to hearts with and stuff, you know? And so people might remember this, this isn't the story, but one of the reasons why like he will always be like, let me think how you just one of the reasons he'll just always like vouch for me basically you know it doesn't matter how many times i say he's bad if he plays bad, he'll never take it to heart right Is because famously the year that they won the major when he won kind of of poker was when he'd cried after he'd lost the match before yeah and i, I basically that. sent him a message really? privately i also made an actual article out of it where i basically just told yeah, him privately like you know that you'll make them cry those tears blah 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 whatever so anyway so it, because of that you know, you never know when you have friendships with players, if that's just like a, a short time thing, you know, they call cool we now. But what happened was last year, funny enough at the ESL Cologne tournament you were talking about, G2 with that lineup where they had Existence and Shocks and Kenny S, where well, they had that one good tournament run where they made top six at that major. And so when they made top six, they had to play big in a game they actually ended up losing. But as he was walking out to the stadium, you know, when you come out that moment, if you've ever seen the players walk out in Cologne, it is basically an ego moment because it's everyone in the world's looking at you and you're just like, yeah. And you know, if you get right or whatever, you Zeus, you're doing all shit to the camera, whatever, you know, you're just walking out. It's all about getting all the fans to clap your hands, get hype right. As he was walking out, you probably can't see us on camera. I'd love to see if you could. Kenny S, right, looks over and because our desk faces actually forwards so we can just see the people coming out. Kenny S looked over and when he saw me, he just did this, he went, and then just nice. looked out and looked out. Mate, that's actually a pro- fucking sick moment. Like in that moment, I was actually like, fucking hell, it wasn't just words. It actually had an impact on this guy. He actually, basically what he was essentially doing was just going like, I'm gonna fucking do this. Now they didn't, it wasn't his fault, actually he carried the first platform. from what I remember, but that's, yeah. that's one of those rare moments. You can have like a connection that goes beyond the industry and the show and all that bullshit, you know?
0: Yeah that's that's kind of <coughs> me me and um Henry in a lot of ways you know because we've been around like with each other for such fucking long time and I you know met him when he was like a 15 16 year old kid just sort of getting into the industry and stuff and um yeah I mean like with that in mind like you know the it sounds stupid but to this day the the, the best moment for me was like I 34 with the fucking team that I managed the four kings lineup that we had where we we loaned Henry uh from i don't even remember if he was in the team officially we loaned him from somewhere we had huds g there and we fucking um we we ended up uh like fucking beating like the the number one. Oh, sorry the, the team that wasn't just ranked above us in the uk rankings but a team that was like absolutely fucking hated us they'd all played on teams with each other called crack clan which was managed by ben woodward and and uh and, and luke uh um you know from from who were like we're all mates now you know they run code red now but uh, anyway, they fucking hated me, and all those players hated all of our players, and we fucking were up late last night because we had like Huds G, who was like, you know, known for this shit, and he was staying up and he was going like, oh, guns, do you think we'll win tomorrow? It's like 4am, I'm like, get to bed, George, get to bed, like we're all in the hotel room together, we've all been watching demos, and when we went in and we won that game, it was like a triple overtime on Inferno like, so, and we won it because somebody didn't buy a defuse kit on Crack Clan Henry fucking stood up, throws his fucking headset down, he's he's fucked it lads, he's fucked it so it's just, it's just <laughs> 10 seconds of knowing you've lost while you try and do a full defuse, and we like, he's fucked it lads, he's fucked it like, wrecking true um, UK spirit, of course, yeah, wrecking because we were like two rows apart and everybody wanted to see that game that day, that was like the big grudge match, so, we didn't even need an admin partition, we were just surrounded by people on the fucking tables right so i'm in a trance me like there's a famous picture i'm well, not famous you know because i'm not famous but you, you get my point there was this picture that gets put around a lot and it's hudge g going like, oh, like this henry g with a headset down shouting he's fucked it and me just like like in a trance like state like you just full full Bruh. james banks in would you look at that it just hasn't gone in at all that like, we've won the game with this 10 second gap and then boom when we fucking when we when we when the bomb fucking went off and we won we're all, literally we fucking piled in on each other like because you know we we collapsed the fucking table there was some poor kid who was just playing next to us nothing to do with the team we're completely wrecked. this is an i-series yeah come, yeah because it's an i-series so it's just some fucking pleb <laughs> who's like playing it like he, he's just playing world of warcraft and we're, we're fucking jumping on the Did tables and shit and and like it was it was just a like huge adrenaline dump because so much went into that game now we got absolutely fucking wrecked in the next round and we went out in like fourth place or something stupid but that'll always be the best for me because like nobody you know nobody said we could win that game and it was like it was so cathartic for guys like callisto and now jack frags was in that team and uh tills and you know so the guys that have been told you were washed up you were never gonna make it in the uk and we beat this fucking team full of like you know all these like big names. So that's it for me, 100 percent That's why that's why me and Henry are so tight, you know, because like we've been there for all them moments. Uh, anyway. Uh, uh Mike, Mike feed me. I'm curious about the different styles of IGL between say Carrigan and Golden. Carrigan seems to be able to go anywhere with whatever talent you give him and succeed. Golden is very successful with this fanatic lineup specifically. Uh, what do you think the difference in their styles are? Well, I've got a lot more information and data points on Carrigan than I do on Golden, sure. frankly. Um and as I've said, Carrigan is a guy who comes and he wants to he wants to he wants to rule by committee. Uh, in the sense that he wants you to buy into what he's doing and he wants you to feel good about it. And if you don't and you want to change position, he'll always put himself in the worst position so you can have a slightly better chance at succeeding. He's very selfless like that. Um, and, but that's unfortunately why when he plays with big egos, it has a tendency to go wrong. Because if you give a big ego a say around the table, they suddenly think they're the most important voice at that table and it undermines you as an IGL. Now with Golden, from what I can tell, Golden was sort of a little bit the opposite because he came through the academy team so he was like really like reverential of playing with these fucking great fanatic players and you know he was like 24 i want to say 23 when he came through the the fucking uh, academy team i even think wasn't he an opera?
1: like no, oh, you're he,
0: thinking of jayzy mocking, i think no 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 one's thinking about him i don't know, I don't know if was. golden i don't <coughs> know if, I, I don't know if um golden did in the old team but anyway back in the academy side anyway you know i don't think he was ever sort of earmarked there's no, being like this great prospect. So when Fnatic brought him through, we were like fucking, oh, it's no big deal, you know? But he was like really super like grateful for the opportunity. You could see he looked up to these guys. And I think that he had a baptism of fire because he realized that you might look up to those pros, but they don't think about you at all. And you're the leader. You've got to call and tell them what to do. So apparently what he tried to do was sort of blow them away by having like real high level tactics, a very good solid playbook. Um and a, and an almost a rigid system and he would just trust that people would be able to go that extra little bit beyond because it's crims because it's Flushing, because it's J W, so uh, you know they're they're a little bit different in that sense. Carrigan's definitely a, a much more flexible kind of guy. Um, likes to do a lot of mid round calling as well. Um, Golden to me kind of feels a bit more playbook, but also as well I think the relationship that he had there where he was super reverential probably helped help them succeed because he'd been watching these players and idolizing these players and when he finally got a chance to work with them, he knew exactly what he wanted to do so i think those are two kind of differences that would stand out for me
1: yeah, I don't have much to say on the Golden angle because I don't think that enough info has really come out about what he's done in the teams. And obviously half the problem is we can't expect can't like fucking Cloud9 and Fnatic to tell us the truth, can they? Because of the circumstances I mean they can't, essentially. So mm. the problem is I feel like you'll need a year or two before we really get a sense of who Golden is as, a, as an actual IGL. Like at the moment, he's got some really good fraggers, so tough to tell. I'll just say this about Carrigan. I'm good, I'm definitely working on some big content pieces about Carrigan because actually he's one of the few people I've never really written pieces about. Even though, like like you, I'm a massive fan of his. I think he's a brilliant guy. Like one of the things I think he has one of the best reads for uh, that I've ever seen in Counter Strike is just like on the fly switching things up. He is unbelievable. I even think that that is literally as I mentioned in the past also been his de- detriment at times. Like, I think that's what happened to him in the major final against Cloud9. He thought, right, I've done it. And then he thought he could just call his way through that. And I think if you went back in time now and you gave him the like 15-11 lead or whatever, he would just run a few boring strats that would probably be the equivalent of like running the ball over the one yard line, you know. In his in, in his analogy, he was trying to call the best fucking throw every time and make the crazy way to finish the major in the most epic fashion and be the hero in a way. So. But I'll say it, the reason why he had the arrogance and conceit to do that is because no wonder this guy wanted all the big guns and all the money that FaZe could put behind him. Because when you're as insanely intuitively good at calling the game and reading it as he is, you give me the best weapons and you'll have tournaments like ESL1 New York 2015 where nobody can fucking touch you. Then you'll go to E-League, nobody wins a map off you. Like the, the, When he's at his peak, I mean, you see even in this mouse team, which is a much more diminished team in comparison or yet to be great players look what he can get out of players it's unbelievable and part of that is like feel for where we need to be in the game what we need to do who to lean on even on what map and stuff you know it's it's ridiculous how good an igl this guy is
0: mm. uh watch doge said uh on this week's browns watch uh did the browns win i'll be honest I, i've been the reason that uh i was fucking up so early this morning do this other podcast with brycey our mate be right I was fucking up all night working on some of the story of big ones, got nothing to do with eSports, so I haven't even been paying any attention to football. Um, but yeah, uh, it said, also, do I plan on future discussing uh, anti-Semitism with the, the Corbyn's Labour Party? Well, that would be a, a, a delightful topic. Uh, but I mean, listen, I, I was thinking about staying up and watching the fucking election roll in. Maybe me and Sam do a drunken election stream, but I don't think Sam really gives a fuck about it. Yeah, that. nah, I'll, I'll just say this. I'll watch
1: a world burn with you tomorrow.
0: So so the I'll only way you'll
1: catch it, so. me watching the fucking Cleveland Browns versus the fucking Bengals, whoever the fuck game you are talking about is if I'm watching Bill Belichick's recording of the Bengals bench.
0: <laughs> so I can
1: find out all their calls as well. Oh, sorry, I was not supposed to say that. I'm supposed to still pretend that that's a real team that doesn't cheat for all its entirety. Like, no, oh, weird that. Yeah, it's weird. How Alex Ferguson also had an amazing streak of just winning no matter what. and getting like 90% of calls in Fergie time. Like, It's weird how these guys can't ever play by the rules, isn't it? Fuck them. That's what I say. Good. Just um, it at the end of the show, all the glorious. Oh, yeah, yeah. Why gone. not?
0: Why not? It's all right, mate. Uh, I, I've been banging on fucking yeah, esports for fans course. for the last three podcasts I've done. So, <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, anyway, Alice the Alchemist uh, for the final question. Having not watched the CS 1.6 era as much, has there been an era of competitiveness during the 1.6 times that is comparable to the year we've had in CSGO in terms of the super high level of rivalry and intensities of ma- matchups? I mean, t- the. The, the the problem you had with one point six is you had great rivalries and great matchups, but it kind of never felt like there was a lot of them. It was always like there was like one or two games where it could go either way, and you always look forward to when they rolled around. And you know you had El Classico, SK, Fnatic was always something that was like highly anticipated. Those players knew each other, it always gave you brilliant, memorable Counter Strike. Um, but yeah, it it never it felt like you really had the depth, but you never had the breadth. Back, no, no, the,
1: the problem in that, like you say, there, like the problem in the scenario there was you had a few teams that were incredible and could play in any era and some of the greatest teams ever, blah blah blah, but you didn't have like our top 10 now, like the bat, like literally, what's been really giving me an appreciation for Counter Strike right now is when I've done my last three CSGO world rankings. Because I'm getting so that the team that's in ninth place has like a top four at a big tournament, has won two or three big series over a put Like fucking hell, the team in ninth place. When I started the rankings in like 2014, the team that was in ninth place, I'd have to be picking a be- between teams of like, well, this guy came last at the LAN, but he won one map. And then this other team like came fourth at like a tier three tournament. So where the fuck does like trying to do all mathematical equations in my mind? That would be like the ninth best team. It wouldn't be someone good. The idea that like you could have teams like 100 Thieves now further down the rankings, like some of these squads down there, Mouse Spots was down there a couple of ago, like the quality in the top 10 is unfucking believable It's really next level. So the problem is there's maybe one period I can think of in Counter-Strike, which is like 2006, where the, the it had become more of a global game. Now the Brazilians were fully on board. Now you started to get the teams from South Korea and stuff coming over in the Chinese team. At that point, you had a very competitive top 10. So maybe that one period, but the big problem 1.6 as a game had was, in terms of each region, there was very few teams that could play. Like if you were from Sweden, there was like two teams could play internationally. One that could hope to challenge, but then would just get the players taken by escape for that. Yeah, you'd have like a lemon dogs mix. You basically something. couldn't have the same like breadth as you see. You couldn't have like 10 good teams that could have all competed. Whereas right now, the top 10 is crazy enough that by the time you're at about eight or nine, there's, there's a world in which those teams win a tournament. They could go crazy and do it. It's not impossible.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, we're seeing the evidence with mouse sports, right? So um, anyway, there you go. That's all the questions. So we'll wrap it up now. It's been a bumper episode of the podcast. Just to let you all know, we are looking to do a uh, 100th episode spectacular, even though this was really the 100th episode. Just a scheduling uh, and, issue. Yeah, it's just a scheduling stuff uh, with Anders and Moses coming on. Hopefully that's something we can get going on. Seems to be what people want it to go with, and we're happy to do it. And actually, funnily enough, Jason... Hit me up and said, listen, I'd really like to do that uh, show. I had a lot of fun last time. So um he actually is hundred percent in. Uh we're just trying to fit around Anders' schedule and of course his day rate if I can afford it. Now, so, if he uh, can just
1: get into that wheelchair, we can go ahead and
0: cerebro. Anyway, um Jason is my cerebro. I love him. Uh right, so let's shout out the patrons. Thanks to uh oh wait. .com first shout out to them obviously sponsor the show sponsor the channel great sponsors go get over there there's all sorts of great content come in make sure you subscribe to the channel a big uh, christmas present for me would be getting them over 10k on the youtube subs because they're like they're at about 7.8k subs it should be way higher the fanatic content they're doing is really good You you know they're asking Flusher the hard questions. I'm joking. There you go. There we go. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, yeah. I can see what you were thinking. Um, Here's the thing.
1: Actually, I saw JWs, and in JWs, he did actually say that the best player he'd played with. I think this is the right video. Was Flusher? Yeah, fucking bet it was.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There it is. There. Because you knew by technology, Uh, you know, he was technically the best player ever. He was. He was the lawnmower man. So, Almost um... inhuman,
1: some would <laughs> say. <laughs>
0: so anyway, uh our hundred dollar patrons uh, that brought the show back from the dead. Jerky's Minion, Alice the Alchemist, Choke Me Daddy, formerly known as Detlef Insomniac, <laughs> God Magic, and Reykjavik Odd Steam. Uh our $50 patrons, Benakagi, Assassin, but Pounder 420, Carve, Colin Penny, Flaxmith, J Dubs, Lipscomb Davis, Madsen, Marcus Kyumpa, Mike Feed Me, Nemesis, Nikolai Lundgreen, Sad Sawar, Sunmade Raisins, TC Owens, Tobias Bernasconi, and Watch Dodge. Thanks to you all. Thanks to all the people who uh, also subscribed during this and threw some donations in there. Do appreciate you all. And we'll be back with a christmas episode of by the numbers sometime soon watch
1: this space until then take care of yourselves peace